Mama. Mama. We made it. What it, what it, what it do though. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Mama We Made It podcast. You got your boy Nushi in the building. And we got Roushi. We have an incredible guest in the house tonight. Um, you know, before I even introduce him, like this man is, is, is truly like the definition of what culture is. Mm. Um, for everybody thinking that they the plug, you about to meet the plug. <laughs> Damn. Literally, you about to meet the outlet. You know what I'm saying? Oof. Like, let's keep it really gangster with it. Oof. I like that one. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, welcome our special guest, Brandon Easy Banks in the middle. You. You. What up? Man, I'm so excited to have you on. This has been a a long time coming. Um, I'm extremely excited about this this interview. I'm extremely excited to be able to to run through, you know, the journey of somebody that that is truly such an integral force in the community of you know culture in and of itself, urban music, music in general, just like. In all things culture, this man is like personifies greatness, mm. and you know, we've all you know we met back when I started working with you and I. I want to say like what two thousand nine, yeah. um, and from there on, it's just been you know a mutual appreciation and adoration of his work. Um, and shit, let's get right into it. Man, Brandon, welcome that. to the podcast, That's, family. Yeah, man, welcome. That's a lot of man. It's a lot of love in the yeah, house. Yeah, I probably should have done more uh, warm up layups or something <laughs> <laughs> this sounds like a big game oh man it's, but i knew it, i knew it was i mean y'all have been heavy on this what what episode is this now we're this is about to be episode 59 see congrats and shout outs thank to y'all you. thank you because that longevity yeah and consistency is like so important with anything culture. absolutely you know what i mean because absolutely people sometimes i feel like at least nowadays, people definitely try to treat culture like a trend. Yeah. And anything culture is always going to be consistency, longevity, and then everything else kind of falls into place. But shout outs to y'all. Love. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> for real. I couldn't agree more, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> no. Nushio hit me up like, what'd you say on New Year's? He hit me up. He's like, you know you're stuck with me forever. Like, <laughs> for I real. Be. For hey. real. <laughs> I like for it. Real. But that, that's just like, it, it's. I think when we started this it was like, yo, when we start... We're never going to stop. Yeah, we, it just was that commitment of like, this is just going to go. And it's yeah, literally, right. it's a forever thing. So, And I feel like, you know, w- w- with this podcast, and naturally, you know, when, when somebody does things over and over and over again, you just continue to want to get better. But, you know, I'm just glad that we're able to have a platform where, you know, the the focal point of it all is vulnerability in one's journey. You know what I'm saying? It's not like the, the who's who's and the how was this. It's far more, let's take the layers out mm-hmm. and really discuss with these human beings in whatever their creative capacity is, you know, what the journey was really like. Because we're in a day and age where everybody sees your best life. <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? And, and, and especially, yeah. you know, if we want the youth of our culture to truly grow and blossom and, you know, have have a way to really, you know, tap in. I feel like, you know, there's not many places that are giving people an outlet in which they can hear 
the depth of somebody that they look up to. Right. You know what I'm saying? They can hear how similar, you know, their own story is to somebody that they idolize. And it's not like, you know, the facade of, and also just like the fuckery of <laughs> be persistent, work hard, just never stop. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like yeah. when, when you're at the bottom of your barrel and you're hearing never stop, you're just like, how the fuck can I get started? You know what I mean? And yeah, for many factual. of us, it starts in different areas. But, you know, one, one of the things that, that I feel like we've gained so much from hearing all of these stories is that those that really, you know, get to points in which they start, you know, materializing on their dreams is, is truly just taking another step forward. Yeah. You know what I mean? And no matter what, when it was that they took their first step or how scared they were, it's just a consistency mm-hmm. in taking these steps <clears throat> forward. And with that Definitely being said... Agree. Where did it all start for you, B? You you a native Angelino, no? Yes. Born and raised, Los Angeles, California, Lamert Park. Before that, I wasn't too far over in Jefferson Park. Mm. I mean, that's like 10 blocks away, really. You Man. know, not even, like, yeah. Like, when I first grew up, I was on 8th Ave and 30th Street, and then I was over off of 39th for pretty much mm. the rest of, you know, and I'm still over that way, moving around, too, where it's like I haven't, I've known what we call the Crenshaw District for all my entire life. Man. What what was childhood like for you? Childhood was, it was fun. You know, it's one of those, like, I'm the oldest. So, like, my first five and a half, six years, I was the only child. Yeah. So, I was, and my mom had, like, these little creative things she did, and I think that's kind of what put me to where I am now. Yeah. So, I was always interested in art like music things like that like she'd play music around the house mm. you know she did needlepoint she did like watercolor stuff and just like oh, all man. right so and i remember one day it was like i think she just handed me like some paper and some crayons or something like to keep me busy where we were and i just started all right cool and so i'm drawing and then it was like mom you bought me a pad and you know it was like you know my mom my parents they worked hard you know but sometimes like when you're growing up and you're young, you don't understand what some of that is mm-hmm, until sure. you get to be an adult. So it's like sometimes I, you know, I get in the car, coming home from school, it's a toy in the back seat. And then sometimes yeah. you get to that point where you think like, all right, well, it's Friday. I jumped in the back seat. Yeah, where's the toy? <laughs> yeah, where's the toy? And my mom's like, yo, we don't, you know, we don't got money for that right now. Like, I'm yeah. not, this isn't, you know, but at the same time, it taught me stuff like, you know, working hard and getting to a point where if you do this, you can be rewarded with that. Absolutely. Or, you know, so on and so forth. Or, you know, it's not going to be like that every time and you can't expect certain things. And then I got, you know, right before I turned six, there was a baby on the way. And that was my younger brother, Chris. And then after that, you know, two years later, another brother, two years after that, my baby sister. So it was like... Family builds. Yeah. So it was like from the only child and kind of being around by yourself and like, you know, you're talking to yourself or you're doing whatever to entertain yourself. Like that's the kind of thing that got me interested in like movies, TV, music. Cause it's just like, what do you do to take up your time? Yeah. You know? So it's like, all right, cool. So you get into that. And then from there, like, you know, kids come in, you're like, who's this other kid in the house? Yeah. Why does everybody want to come in and pick him up? So then you get to the point like, all right, I'm going to my room and then you go to your room and you're like, turn on some music and I'm gonna go draw and whatever else but you know and then from there I was able to kind of show that stuff to the younger siblings but like mm. my youngest brother he's an animator now 
Wow. And one of one of the things I told him because I got away from it when I got to high school was like I didn't draw every day like I used to. Mm. Like you know you get into girls and sports yeah. and everything else and being cool. Yeah. And you know I get to college for art and I'm like yo these kids are a little more further along than I am. <laughs> you know it's a little intimidating. But at the same time it's like it's probably because you know you it's a thing that you have to keep doing. And yeah. Stay yeah. consistent at and improve on. So I told my younger brother when I got I was like. Yo, you draw like this? I just do this every day. Don't fucking stop. So as cliche as that sounds, Absolutely. like I told him, it's like, all right. And now, you know, fast forward, he's doing that. Like, you know, my younger brother, Chris, that knew she knows, like, he's a musician. Yeah. But, like, he's, he'll tell people when he tells me, like, yeah, my brother used to play rap around the house all the time. And he showed me this and that. It's like, yo, this is the Mob Deep. It's Outkast. It's so yeah. so awesome. You know, Tupac, whatever, whatever. And then it was like... Okay, and then from there, like he got into that, and then our mom was always just like, "Yo, if there's some creative you want to do, like do it." She never looked at it like, "Oh no, be a doctor only," or like, "Wow, you know what I mean?" So it was like, and she she was a teacher, mm-hmm. so it's like her thing was like, "I'm not gonna stifle something that a kid wants to do." So it's like that's one of those things like I thank her for all the time because like she could have easily been like, "No, you're gonna do." You yeah, know, I have doctor, friends lawyer. whose parents were like that, and it's yeah. like. And when it didn't pan out, you know, that sent their relationships different ways. Where, like, me and my mom could sit there and talk about whatever, like, mm, and she was a firm person of, like, if you don't agree with something, question it. Wow. But if you're going to question it, have a good reason to question it, back your shit up. Do your due or diligence. Or you're going to be out there looking foolish. So yeah, it was like, yeah. I used to get in trouble, not in trouble in school, because it was like, sounds bad but like i was also smart yeah so it was like i'm getting the work done but sometimes i was just like yo this doesn't make sense to me and i would challenge it it's mm. like the fuck is this yeah. <laughs> the teacher's like hey 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 yeah and it's like well go to the principal's office because you don't agree and i'm like all right and the principal's like well, what's going on yeah. <laughs> it's like it's a straight a student like what do you mean he's <laughs> so it was like things like that so i think a lot of that molded me moving forward was just like all right this seems weird. Yeah. Now I want to look into it or just trying to figure out like what's next. And like my mind's always like going a mile mm. a minute. Like, hmm, that's interesting. How did that develop? How does this happen? What is it? You know, and that's, I think kind of, it's like a reoccurring thing. I think through my life journey, it's just like this curiosity about everything. Where did that curiosity start taking you? Like as you were, you know, coming into like the middle school. Cause I feel like, elementary you know we're kind of getting our foundation and as Mm -hmm. we kind of grow into it in middle school I truly feel like that's the point where we really start to dabble with our preferences and our likes that really build upon you know who we are definitely where Um, did that kind of curiosity take you at that time that's middle school was probably around the time where I started actually clashing with teachers Mm. and it was interesting because it was like I would clash with some teachers and the other teachers were like best friends to me because it was like a lot of the ones where I felt like I could pick their brain about stuff like I just like felt drawn into like oh hey what about and it was like all right cool so you know you get some things and like they're like well this teacher thinks he's the greatest thing that ever happened and this teacher's like he's always causing a ruckus and it was like no because I just want to know why this is that or this is that and then you know, that kind of transcended. Like, at one point, I ended up teaching the art class to my class. Oh, wow. And, like, back then, I didn't think anything of it. It was yeah. just, like, whatever. And now, when I got to, like, high school and, like, college, I'm looking back. I'm like, yo, I was really in seventh and eighth grade teaching my entire class art. That's really? crazy. Like, 
huh? <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? You. Like, that's crazy. And then, like, eighth grade, it's kind of like, it's that in between where you're starting to, like, because for me, I was in private school. So, eighth grade is like, that's your senior year of Absolutely. like that level. So, it's like in eighth grade, it's like, yo, I done, done everything. Yeah. Like, I'm the man Feeling around yourself. here. Yep. Like, I'm about man. to go to high school. Like, what can you tell me? I'm teaching my art class. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I'm not coming to class for the first two hours. Like, I already know what that class is about. I'm acing that, like, whatever. And it's like, it's got senioritis in eighth yeah, grade. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was crazy, like, looking back, like, yo, you were, like, 13 years old. Just, yeah. like, telling people, like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. No, I'm going to do it this way. Or, like, you know, but it was, like, a gift and a curse. Because, like, also, I think from being an older brother, I was very caring or endeared to people. Mm-hmm. So, it was, like, I was ditching class in eighth grade for, like, the first two, three hours, but I was in the lower classrooms helping the kids. Really? It, so it was like, I never thought, but I'm sure like stuff like that got back to the principal and it was like, well, if he's doing that. Yeah, we can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's his grades look like in the first two periods? What do you uh, think well, that was for you to like want to do that? Like, was it just like the older I think brother it was like the family. Coming? Like, I mean, if you've seen my family. Yeah. You know, like we have a very large family, yeah. extended family. Very like, close, too. Yeah. Like, you know, I've got the siblings, and then we have the band of cousins. And yeah. that's like Gavin, Freddie, and like yeah. Blair. <laughs> Everybody almost. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you go to a JBC party, 30% is probably our family. Mm. You know what insane. I mean? And which is crazy, especially when you see how everyone's grown up and everyone's doing different things and in different, you know, positions. So I think it was just like that, that idea of family and just being one of the older ones was like, you kind of, and my mom was always like, you got to look out for the next, you know, each one teach one kind of thing. So mm-hmm. it was like, all right, well, you know, I love this teacher. And like, you know, I know a couple students cause that's like my friend's younger cousin or younger brother. So you go in there and it's like, yo, well, why aren't you doing this like this? And, da, 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 da. Yeah. and it's just kind of always been that. Like my first job in high school, I was working for my godmother's daycare, you know, and it was like helping kids out and like mentoring them. Mm. So, and I think that just comes from a lot of being the big brother Absolutely. in my family. <laughs> so it was just like, okay, cool. And then my mom being a teacher. So it's like, she was always helping kids. And then my grandmother, RIP, like, she's a teacher. Mm. Well, she was a teacher. So it's like, I think just that <laughs> and their position of being in education has always been from helping the youth mm. and the next generation rather than just like, oh, I'm just going to be a teacher. Absolutely. You know? and yeah. So I think just that and picking up those traits from my family, it was just like, all right, let's help the next generation. Or like, you know, giving them an outlet and whatever that was. And I think that just kind of became the thing as I got older. So then, you know, I get to high school and everything was like bringing people together. Like, yeah. all right, we're all going to go hoop. We're all going to go to this game. We're all going to go to this party and so on and so forth. And I think that's kind of where a lot of that translated into just present day kind of thing. Absolutely. So I want to, um, I want to tap into like your, uh, your art for a second, just cause like, as a kid, I also loved to draw as a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, I, so I know what that is. Like, once a day, mm-hmm. you're drawing. <laughs> I want in my eighth grade. Like, you know, they're like, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" It was like cartoonist. Oh wow! I was me too. Was huge. <laughs> I just loved it. One, what kind of art did you do? And like, what were you know, are you like painting, you know, shit with watercolors? Or are you drawing like action figures? Like it's drawing, drawing. It's definitely drawing. Like, I had a big fascination with comic books. 
Yeah. And my dad put me onto those. Like he had a stash and it was like Batman, Superman. So I saw that and I'm like, awesome. all right, I'm going to start drawing Superman. Yeah. Oh, Batman, let me start drawing that. And then I was watching cartoons and then mm. I was like, oh, well, maybe I'll be a cartoonist. Like, <laughs> so yeah. it's like, so now I'm waking up, I'm watching cartoons. It's like, all right, I want to draw that one. Oh, Transformers, this shit is sick. Let me draw yeah. that. Yeah. And you get into that. Um, and then as it got like, all right. So I remember at one point in junior high, me and my boy, we did, we did a comic book. We based it off of like a couple movies, just random movies, made some stuff, real quick stuff, but like put it into a book, stapled it, made a cover. And I think we sold them for like 75 cents. Incredible. We probably only sold like five or six of them Mm because I mean, there were only so many, there were more girls in our class overall. And then the other classes are like, I don't want to care what someone else is another class <laughs> like you know a bunch of friends are just like yo i got an extra 75 cents from the ice cream stand like whatever here, here you yeah go. like whatever like one of my other friends we did like a magazine because we got into ww well back then it was wwf yeah yep. we got into that for a minute so it was like i drew the cover i drew some That's other stuff awesome. and he'd write some stuff around it and it was just like all right we got a magazine a couple people bought that but we didn't think about it to the point of like we're trying to make a profit it was just like That's was how they do things yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean just test it out kind of thing oh we're bored in class like <laughs> like what are you guys doing taking notes yeah yeah sure <laughs> drawing <laughs> you know what i mean yo you want to write a story on so-and-so all right let me take this magazine out and you know i'm hiding it between the book sketching out stuff like that so it was things like that and then when i got into high school i had a big interest in shoes like really so i remember i'd be in like history classes or whatever and i'm just sketching out shoes like y'all really like the pennies so i might draw like the sole of it and then after that you know draw something else in and like y'all saw this other shoe that had this and it was like i had notebooks full of it was like shoe drawings bro (laughs) like yeah yeah. because you know at that point too like i wasn't into cartoons Mm. so the cartoons were over unless it was like you know ninja turtles or transformers came on tv i check it out because those were like there was an emotional, the, the, the yeah. staples, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, oh, that's on? All right, I'll watch it. But I wasn't, you know, you're not 15, 16, worried about what's coming on. For sure. <laughs> I'm worried about, yo, when the next high school dance, so-and-so going to be there. I feel <laughs> and that. Then, not trying to watch that Rugrats episode. Right, right. <laughs> like, like, yo, I missed the school dance because they had a Rugrats marathon on Nickelodeon. Like, you did what? <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's different, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I got into shoes and I think, like I've, since I've always been in the visual stuff, I didn't know it then, but I became very interested in, I guess, advertising. So it was like, instead of the WWF magazines or Nintendo Power or like a comic book, then you start looking at Slam mm-hmm. and like Double XL mm-hmm. and Vibe and mm-hmm. things like that. And then, you know, high school, you got to start thinking about college and job. What are you going to do? So I was like, so it went from, I want to be a cartoonist to like, nah. I think I want to work for a magazine. Interesting. Mm. But the thing was, I didn't know anything about graphic design at the time. It was just like, I want to do art and I want to do it for a magazine. But I can put the two together, especially back then, there wasn't really anything in a high school curriculum that would tell you about that. Yeah, You know, for it was sure. just like, you do art, you know, you paint, you go in the gallery or something. And then it's like, all right, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, all right, Everton, I'm looking at the Nike ads and I'm like, yo, this is simple, but like, got my attention or like i'm looking at yo this cover for this is fucking dope as hell or like i'm looking at a layout and vibe like yo they kill it compared to what i'm looking at in the source Mm. i'm reading the source back to back you know front to back rather but 
I'm looking at the art and vibe like, yo, this layout is killer. And everyone's looking at me like, the fuck is he talking about? <laughs> but we could all relate because we were all reading about music at the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? So now it's a 90s. So it's like, yo, they said Nas is five mics. Well, it better be five mics. I just heard ain't hard to tell. <laughs> if the rest <laughs> of the real. album sound like that, it better be five <laughs> mics. So I was always into music too. So it was like this whole thing where I was either looking at music I was looking at basketball, but then there was a lot of interest in just the kicks of it. Like, you know, that was when Iverson had just hit the, hit the league, and it was like, yo, he's getting his shoe. Yeah. The year before that, he's at Georgetown with the 11s on and that classic <laughs> Georgetown jersey. I'm like, yo, you see the pattern on the side? And everyone's like, yeah, all right. I just like the fact it's gray and blue. <laughs> and I'm like, nah, but the pattern on the side. Yeah. And they're like, okay, B, like whatever. <laughs> so, you know, and that's – kind of how that got and then I get to college and you know I'm, I'm a fine arts major because the only thing I knew about was if it's art you got to draw you got to paint so I'm taking those classes and I'm like where'd you go to school Loyola Marymount for for college yeah so just straight from high school to yeah so I get over there and I'm like all right this stuff is interesting and I'm looking at other people's stuff and I'm like I feel like they had more art school than I did. Like, they didn't really teach me this in high school so well, that's the thing with being like fine going into fine arts mm-hmm. I felt like at the time, well, one, for you, was uh, was art an outlet of something, or was it purely just, like, a fun thing that, like, just you, you were passionate about and uh, you enjoyed doing and, and it kind of came naturally, or was it, like, kind of, did it function as an escape ever? Because it doesn't always have to. I'm just curious. I think it, it was, to me, a little bit of everything. Okay. Like, if, as a, not big on astrology, but... I'm a Gemini. And as a Gemini, we're very sociable. We're very people person. Mm. But when we want to be alone, it's like, do not bother me. So I could go in my room, close the door, turn on music and draw. And it was an escape. It was an outlet for whatever was going on. Mm -hmm. And then other times it was just like, it was almost second nature, especially like when I was younger because I was doing it so much. So it was just like, all right, this class is boring me you know start doodling and then other times it was like yo I really want to draw a picture for whatever whatever so it kind of was everything at the moment and that's also I think as much as I did well in a lot of classes there was no real class that stuck out for me like I had teachers but I was never like yo I love history I love math like I was good at math but I fucking hated math it was like why do you like most people who love math or like are good at math they love it I was like they're like, yo, you're like one of the top students in Algebra 2. And I'm like, fuck it. Algebra 2. I <laughs> like, I can't stand this shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'll fucking do this first so I don't have to worry about it for the rest of the night. And yeah. then, like, I went to Loyola High, which was like, I mean, still is like a top school in California. Yeah. Where it's like, their 3-2 is considered a 4-2 to a lot of colleges. Got so it. it was like, you know, AJ went there, like... <laughs> There's a lot, just a bunch of shit. So it's like there's a lot of stuff thrown at you. And I was just like, yeah, I get it out the way and I want to excel and I want to make sure, you know, because my parents put me in this school. I can't yeah. let them down. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like I was doing it, but I was like, this class sucks. This class sucks. Y'all fuck with this teacher, but this class sucks. Yeah. You know? Or it's like, yo, I like this class. I wish this teacher taught it differently. You mm. know, things like that. But in the art classes for us, we didn't get into upper, like junior, senior. So like, freshman sophomore there was no artistic outlet unless i went home yeah and then you know it's high school (laughs) i want to ask girls bro what what (laughs) what what was your circle of friends like in high school we were all 
I mean, we were all different interests per se. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of us, especially going to Loyola, we're kind of all in the same plight, right? Like we're at this all boys school. We're some of the few black kids. Like it's a different world for us because a lot of us came from, even though they were private schools, yeah. we came from inner city private schools where we had never quite had a class with a white guy. Or, you know, there was a couple of Hispanics, it might be one Asian, but we were all predominantly black school. And then we yeah. get there and all of a sudden it's like, uh, hey. Hey there. <laughs> like, yeah. um, but, you know, you're there, you get acclimated and, you know, I'm glad I went there because you have to function in the real world. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and you're not going to be in a room like that forever. So it's kind of as much as I hated the idea, and it was an all boys school. So it was like, my mom's telling me that, my dad's like, oh, it's great. And I'm sitting there like, the fuck I look like going to all boys school. Like they're like it's like and then, and then they wanted to send me to our rival at the time till that school closed down with Daniel Murphy. And I was like, I heard mm. stuff about that and I was like, Yeah, that's the all boys school I'm never going to. <laughs> you know? And then the other all boys alternative was Verbum Day. And that was all the way in Watts. I'm from the West Side. We didn't go over there unless we need. Like, I got cousins from Compton. But yeah. it was like, we didn't go visit them like that. Like, they came <laughs> over here. So I'm like, and then, you know, when in high school and junior high, you're gullible to a lot of shit, too. So it's like, yeah. yo, they be over there whipping people's asses at the school dances. And I'm like, mm, I guess Loyola's not that bad. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I, guess, I guess we can do that. Like, sure. But, you know, so, and it worked out in the end. Like, I'm glad I went there. Like, there's a lot of people I met that. I'll know the rest of my life, yeah. you know, a lot of different connections that are there. Um, so, you know, younger brother, Chris ended up going there and he's got, you know, a lot of connections from the younger generation. So like, to me, it was like, yo, it worked out in the end. But when I was there, I was just like, yo, this is a whole new world. But, but back to like my friends, like we were all coming from that same kind of background, but it was like, all right, he wanted to be a lawyer. He wanted to get in, being a doctor. I was in the art. This guy was in the business. This guy wanted to be a sports agent. So that was good too, because everybody had like different goals. So we can kind of like feed off of each other. No one was trying to do Absolutely. the exact same thing. So we were all kind of like learning from each other, but we all had these same interests. Like, yo, well, we like basketball. We like shoes. We like music. We like girls. We like this. We like to eat. So, you know, and we had an area in high school. It's called Bro Row. And that Bro was like Row. where all the black people went. Like, Word. we looked at people funny if they didn't come. Like, it was like, are you too good for us? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And as segregated as it was, like, I mean, a lot of the school was like that. You know, they had, <coughs> it was like the bros were over here. And then, like, the Asian racers were over here. And then, like, the nerds were over here. And then, like all the like Hispanic homies were over here, but everyone knew each other and everyone got along, but it was just like at lunch and recess or whatever you want to call it. Like everyone went to like the little comfort zone. It's just what it was, yeah. you know? But when I was younger, I didn't think anything. I was just like, Oh, this is what I know. You know, yeah, we went yeah, over yeah. there and it's like, yo, okay, everyone's eating. We talking about sports. Oh, so-and-so started beating on the trash can. Now it's a fucking freestyle session with the upperclassmen versus the lower class. Mm. it was like, Oh, y'all knew. Oh, yeah. you think you rap? You got to go battle Toby Bailey. Like, what? <laughs> like, you know, Toby at the time, like, that was the man. He was going to UCLA. Like, you know, he ended up winning a championship freshman year. But it was like, for most people coming in, it's like, you making me rap against the star basketball player? <laughs> like, you know, things like that. Or arguing about sports. It's like, yo, how you going to argue Magic Johnson against so-and-so? That's the quarterback. So, but 
it was a great experience. Like looking back when I was there, I was just like, I really got to look at these dudes all day. <laughs> like, <laughs> but then you get to a point you're like, all right, like these are my boys. I don't have to show off for anything. So we come there being bummy. We didn't have a whole contest. Like, <laughs> yo, who can come to bummy us on Thursday? <laughs> all right. I got, but still, you had to stay within a, a dress code. So it was like, you had to wear a collared shirt. You couldn't wear jeans, but it was like, all right. I'm going to throw on these, like, beat-up dockers with the paint on them. I'm going to roll one leg up. Like, but I'm wearing these J's. I'm going to get these J's off. <laughs> so Straight up. There was a lot of that. So, And a lot of that translated into college because even a few of us went to different colleges, but we're all still in touch. Mm. And it's like now it's been able to, like, help navigate different things. Where it's like my best friend's a lawyer. You know, so it's like someone's like, yo, I need legal advice. So, like, a musician is like, yo, and I'm like, hold on, <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Or like my boy's working in, you know, banking. He's like, yo, if you know any labels or something or like whatever. So all those things kind of help. Absolutely. Know, where I think if we were all trying to do the same thing. It'd be very boxed in. It'd be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that's. What, what was piquing your interest in college? Like, you know, you got into the fine art side of things. Was that something that you stuck with, or did you start really exploring different avenues of your own creative being, <coughs> if you will? So, that was probably the next part I was going to get to. So, first summer out of college, freshman year, I had an internship with the Getty. Um, I was working about? at the Watts Towers Art Center. So, it was inner city, like helping kids, things like that, but... It was like a 16, 17 week program, but every, ever so many weeks we had to have like these seminar, like in-service seminars. So we went to one, I think it was at the Skirball, um, and we had to go into a thing and this guy was giving a presentation. He's like, yo, so how many of y'all are art majors? So everyone like raises their hand. How many of y'all want to make money? Everyone raises their hand. And it's like, how many people want to make money off their art? Everybody raised their hand. It was like, well, let me tell you something. If your school has a graphic design department, look into it right away because that's where more of the money is going. Mm. Like, if you want to, if you think you can get your paintings off at a gallery, so be it. You might get lucky. But right now, that industry is opening. So if you're artistic or you're interested in it, or at least just check it out. If it's not up your alley, whatever, whatever. So that stuck with me. So oh, wow. when it was time to register for sophomore year, I'm like, so is there like a intro to design or anything? So there I mean, was. This is a time also, like, sorry to get you off, but just know. like, this is like Photoshop. You couldn't just like download it. <laughs> right. It wasn't like that. It was yeah. like, you yeah. had to take an entire class and like, that, mm-hmm. they had, and they had the program. Yeah. Yeah. And we were like, Oh my God, what's a gradient? Like, how do I make this? Like, very basic. Very, yeah. Um, And so it just, like, now it's graphic design is just like as easy as anything else in terms of like the tools. And we'll get into that. But like, (laughs) and that was going to be a question too is like, at at the time that you you were doing this as art, there was real no like career path. When you say like your friends were doctors or lawyers, Mm -hmm. like, there's a very clear path. When you go into fine arts, it's like you go from drawing, you know, Macho Man and, and, and Spider Man over here, <laughs> and to like studying Van Gogh and trying to do like huge illustrations. It's just it's a totally the, mm-hmm. the stuff you study is it doesn't like translate. Yeah, it's kinda, right. It's really disconnected. Absolutely. And there's real no career path that feeds into like, yo, check out my sketchbook. Really, right. like, <laughs> like, hmm. 
And then, so yeah, it, it just, because I remember that time too, I took a graphic design class where it was like intro to Photoshop mm-hmm. and, um, and shit like that in high school. But it, just, to, just to set the tone of like what art meant at that time and like kind of the barriers and the things that real artists to pursue a career after mm-hmm. high school and into college and like figure it out. That's why I love why that guy said that. Because yeah. it's so true. It's like, <laughs> the fuck you doing? Like, <laughs> You could either like go work to try to like be an animator or do comic books and get like an internship there or like you go into like art school and study fine arts. Right. Yeah. But and it wasn't like and the landscape wasn't there. Like no. it, it, yeah. the, the internet and like these things were just really yeah. beginning. Definitely. Exactly. Like and that's what I tell people I was like, you know, I joke about being old all the time because no one believes my age, but it's a whole other story. Um but at the time, it was when a lot of what you see now that's so prevalent in digital was pretty much starting. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So, like you said, it's like I go in there. Like, some of the professors were really just becoming knowledgeable of the program. So, mm. it's like they're... They're trying to stay, like, one step ahead. Like, <coughs> yeah. one lesson ahead of you. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. Where it's like, you know, looking back, I'm realizing, like, yo, that lady was really just figuring the program out herself and then coming in two days later and trying to like present that in class (laughs) but you know 18 19 you're like yo i gotta sit here for fucking three hours and like they're gonna tell me some shit i don't know what any of this is that's the professor so i'm gonna just trust it (laughs) (laughs) you you know (laughs) like our main um like counselor and dean was a graphic designer but from the era where you had a really like cut shit out and paste it and wow. scan it in. you know what I mean so like the foundation that he was able to provide a lot of the students was there but you fast forward to how it moves now it's so far removed from oh, yeah. oh, you yeah. know what I mean and it's it's <clears throat> in some ways like where I'm at now I look at the industry and I'm kind of like I don't know bro <laughs> like but I mean we'll I'm sure we'll get into that part as we get later in the story but did you actually have those moments during that time of like when you you're seeing your friends kind of go on these different paths then you did you have those moments of like i don't know about art i don't know like where this is taking me yeah the first year my freshman year definitely so it was kind of like when that happened over the summer yeah like I took that to heart. Like I don't mm. remember anything else from his presentation. Wow. The presentation was good. He spoke on a lot of shit that was relevant at the time. Yeah. But the only thing I took away was, yo, look into whatever graphic design is. Mm. You know what I mean? So I get there, sophomore year, I'm in the class, and they kind of do like the first class is like an overview of like we're gonna do, we're gonna work with these five programs. This is kind of what we're gonna run through, so on and so forth. He starts showing examples, and then I'm looking and I'm like, wait. So this is what they do for like movie posters, album artwork. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then they start then they start telling me, you know, and like with this thing now with the internet, you're gonna be able to do. And that was where I first heard about streaming. Like, I think at the time there were like three sites doing streaming. It was like NBA.com and something else. And you know, I was an NBA fan, so yeah. I'm looking at it because one of as we got later in the course, <laughs> one of the things we had to learn was like basically we were building multimedia sites so it was like you're gonna use photoshop and then you're gonna put flash elements and then you're gonna learn how to put video in and like when you think about video now and how fast shit moves Mm. 
you put video on a website back then, whole shit might crash. <laughs> like, whole shit. The website, <laughs> right. You go take a shower, you go to the <laughs> right. you come and back. Come back. And <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, so I was learning some of that, and I'm like, this is before YouTube, any of that, where it's like, yo, so they're going to basically take a night. At that point, people weren't even necessarily recording these games in a digital format. So it was like, people were getting that, you're getting the tape. And you're taking a tape and you're putting it in a machine to rip the shit off the tape, then get it on the computer, and then you're putting it into something like Premiere and running through it. So I was like, really like, yo, this is a lot. But it was interesting to me. Yeah. Cause like I remember when we started, I was like, yo, we had school emails. And I was like, the fuck is an email? I'm not the email you shit. I'll just Wild. come to your office. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yo, you can send me an email. And I'm like, the fuck I look like sending you an email. Yeah. Or like, I'm checking an email like every That's couple. how little, like literally the, the new world that was. That was mm-hmm. It was like the wild, wild yeah. west of digital at that point. I was like, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll check my email every couple of weeks. But now it's like, I'm on my phone. Like, okay. So I went to lunch and fucking seven emails just came in in t- 10 minutes. And you're like, on it. All day long, you know what I mean? So that was interesting from that time, but I was like, all right, well, I've always been interested in music. I've always been interested in sports. Yeah. And this is how people are making like the art for that stuff. So mm-hmm. then I was like, okay, you know what? This fine art shit, <laughs> yeah. that's a rap. <laughs> There's an actual graphic design major, put me in that. And then from there, I was kind of able to figure out you know, when you're choosing classes, more of a curriculum. Like you said, fine arts, it was kind of all over the place. It was yeah. like, you know, you could take some painting, you could take some art history, and then, you know, you'll graduate and yeah. see where it goes. And you work at a gallery. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Giving tours. <laughs> yeah. Like you're at a gallery and you're not even doing any art. You're just around yeah. someone else's you're art. You're like literally yeah. selling the merch at the... Yeah. <laughs> so that was that. So I got into that, um, like my senior year, so... I guess we might as well put this on the table. Let's get it. <laughs> so the moniker Easy was given to me in college. So there's a lot of ideas as to where it came from. I still don't even know. My boys just started calling me Easy one day. We don't know if it's because my middle name starts with an E, and that's when everyone was, you know, for Sheezy my Easy. Everything was <laughs> da 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 da. For Sheezy like, my Easy. Yeah, like this was East Sider's first album. Yo. You know, Snoop got. Multi-million dollar videos. Yeah. So, like, that was an E-40, all of that. So, there was that. I was rapping in college. I was a rapper. Incredible. I did not take it that seriously, but it was fun. You know what I mean? Like, it was me, four other homies. Like, it was just what we did in the downtime. Like, we had a fucking, we put a mic, wrapped it around a lamppost. I had a stereo that had like the two tapes and the CD. Mm-hmm. We got instrumentals from the indie shit down the street. And it was just like, yo, you bored? Yo, come through. We're going to do like three songs. Fuck it. Like fast forward, like a, we were really doing what mixtapes became mm-hmm. 10 years ago. But not thinking of it like yeah. that. Just like, yo, on some fun shit because the other homies rapped and we were just like, yo, we kind of like it too. Like, fuck it. We can do some shit and yeah. do some random talent shows that, you know, but for fun. But so while I was doing that, basically I was taking like photography classes, I was taking like a multimedia class, and then I started basically just like documenting our shit. So I took like photos of us, and I was like, all right, I'm gonna turn this into a fake album cover. And then mm. someone see the cover and be like, fuck that, let's actually record this shit. <laughs> it was yeah. like, 
all right, cool. Yeah. And it was like, yo, let's do this. All right, I made a poster for the homie, and then it was like, yo, I'm going to use this for the open mic in two weeks. Like, all right, whatever. Like, it's a printer in the fucking classroom. I'll go print them out. They were only like 11 by 17, like, you know, kinkos yeah. looking shit. But it was like, all right, here you go. So I'm doing that and learning different shit. And it was like, I didn't really get into the video editing stuff of it, but like, I was taking classes where you kind of learn the basics of Premiere. So I'm like, all right, because I'm learning Flash at the same time. So I'm like, all right, I see like where this stuff mm. kind of goes and how it moves. And then I started looking at, I was always into CD packaging. So like, I like to look at the photos. I like to see how they laid it out. But I didn't understand at the time when I was younger, junior high school, that I was looking at the design of shit. Mm -hmm. I'm just kind of like, yo, I like how they put, you know, Mob Deep here and then the group here at the bottom. Like, yo, this infamous artwork is fucking tough. You yeah. know what I mean? Or even, you know, fast forward now, I look back at some of what I thought was iconic and I'm like, this is terrible design. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I love Souls of Mischief. 9310 Finch is one of my favorite albums. But, like, I look at that artwork now and I'm like, yo, this is like some of the worst Photoshop ever. Like, you just really did this, that, and put that out there in the world? Like, yeah, all right. You know, so... I'm looking at, you know, as horrible as it was, Pen and Pixel was like a master of terrible Southern album art. But it was like, you knew what it was. Like, <laughs> they had a style, like, and it didn't matter where it's now iconic to where you'll walk into our Urban Outfitters and be like, yo, it's a Hot Boys cover on that t-shirt. Run it. <laughs> yeah. You know, but back then I was like, yo, he really just cut that out in the worst way and <laughs> through fucking Google Image Marble. But... <laughs> <laughs> also, when you think about it now, those resources weren't as easy yeah, to absolutely. get off the internet. So they were actually doing way more than what we thought. Absolutely. But from the norm of what album covers were supposed to look like, and especially for hip hop, everyone yeah. was like, yo, did they really just paste 8-Ball and MJG on top of a fucking rocket ship with a <laughs> naked girl? But like, you look back at the now, I'm like, yo, Legendary. but that is the fucking whole concept of the title. Yeah. And it was crazy. So like I'm learning that. And then I remember like for a couple of my senior projects, it was like, all right, I made a whole logo shit for our group. I made like a fucking EPK, but like I did video interviews, like they let us use a camera. So I'm like, all right, talk about your role in the group. And I'm putting all this shit together. And I'm like, yeah, that was kind of cool. That's awesome, but man. at the time, Digital wasn't where it was, no. so you couldn't just be like, well, you know, I threw this together, and, like, y'all ain't got a job for that? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, slow down, son. <laughs> so, yeah, you know. Yeah, you're your sister. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> um, I don't like that. <laughs> so, yeah. uh, and then when I graduated, it was 2001. You had your boy George W. in the office. Got a little hectic on the job market, so, like, like talking about like my friends past and everything like that. Yeah. Like I'm thinking, you know, I'm talking to counselors like, yeah, you know, if you get a job doing this or this here, you're going to be making X amount straight out the gate. And I'm like, okay, that's dope, whatever, whatever. But when we actually got out of school, the job market was trash. Yeah. So as much as if I had found a job like that, I would have been set. There weren't jobs like that. Mm. So it was just like, fuck. And then, you know, later that fall, the towers fell. And then we all know how that kind of went. Yeah. So I ended up working for where I interned. 
but it was through the city of LA. I was back at the Watts Towers Art Center mm. helping kids, things like that. It wasn't really an art job. I was like administrative type of shit. But the director at the time was my mentor from the internship. Mm. So he's like, look, I'm gonna bring you in. They only offer part-time, but whenever there's something where I can let you design something, you can put on your resume, I'm giving it to you. Mm. But for the most part, you're probably gonna be here managing tours for tourists, helping the kids after school. That's why I laugh when he said it. Like I was literally <laughs> in the gallery helping out selling merch. <laughs> like, yo, you want a poster? We got these nice posters up here. And then every now it's like, yo, okay, we're going to do this thing for the school. Can you throw together a brochure? All right, bet. You know, whatever, whatever. But we had, because it was city funded, the resources were very minimal. So yeah. it's like I'm using, I forget what, the program, but it's like something in office suite. Like it's not even an artsy. And I'm like trying to make like, okay, look, if I just color it this way and you print it on this paper, it'll look okay. <laughs> like it's going to be all right. So, and then, so I was doing that. So of course I was working part time and I'm just like, yo, it's gotta be something else. And I've always been in like this entrepreneurial, I probably said that wrong, but mindset. Yeah. So me and my best friend were like, all right, look, start a company mm. and so we basically set up like an entertainment company so about a year after undergrads it was like around 2002 started the company and the whole thing was it was twofold it was like entertainment and then community service type of thing and this is my best friend that's the lawyer now mm. so we went to like different seminars like we spoke on panels like as far as community outreach and then we were basically doing clubs but <laughs> what was the like I just want to take it back into that moment real quick. Okay. Because one, like, out of college, you have kind of a lot of false expectations. Mm, yeah. Like, you get your degree, you spent this money. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm entering the real world, and then you get your, like, what is this? Yeah. yeah. What, is this, what is this job? You could have done that right out of high school. Right. You know, and you kind of were, like, yeah. during that time. <laughs> so why did you stay in, in, into that route when you probably just could have, like, gone into this kind of whatever job that probably paid more in this communications for this like bigger company that you got on like monster.com right. or whatever. <laughs> well, at the time, a lot of, I wasn't getting a lot of feedback from kind of anything. Yeah. Like, so, the market was so bad. Yeah. And it was one of those, yo, these loans are about to kick in mm. on September 15th. That's very real. So I think I got the job like August 30th. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so basically I had been a weekend kind of thing at the art center and then the next week, the 9-11 incident. What was that like for your morale? Like just like in terms of, you know, you, we graduated college and we're like, we're about to hit the real world, booming. We terrible. have all these expectations <laughs> and of ourselves. It was terrible. Yeah. Because as a senior, I was like on top of the world. You know what I mean? Like, As an eighth grader, you were on top of the world. Yeah, like, but it, it was like but that, that feeling that's what I'm all saying. over yeah. again. Yeah. But it was like, you're about to be an adult. Mm. Like, you're about to go make money. Like, yeah. that way in eighth grade, you're like, yeah, I'm about to go to high school. Like, yeah. I'm just cooler than you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But then it was like, yo, I'm cooler than you and I'm about to make more money. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> Actually, you're not. <laughs> Actually, Playboy. Oh, really? No. <laughs> so that was like the thing. But it's like, I'm looking at, what the market's supposed to be. And I'm like, yo, I come out the gate making that. Like, can't nobody tell me shit. I'm buying this when I get out. Yeah. I'm popping this off. Yeah. I'm going to get my mama this. And yeah. I'm like, yo, it's about to be up. <laughs> like, 
I'm about to be, excuse me, that nigga. Yeah. Like it was like that feeling was like, all right, cool. I yeah. can't wait till graduated May 5th. I was like, I can't wait till May 5th. Like mm. I'm, I'm here. Yeah, we all. <laughs> and then, you know, fast forward a couple of months and it's like, you not nowhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like mom's over here like, so uh, you getting a job anytime soon? Because you know these, these they already send in the like the little envelopes Citibank, Sally Mae, like, hey, you know, just to remind you, September 15th, this is going to start kicking in. And, uh-huh. and I'm like, oh, this is real. And it's, oh, you shit. know, hey, June, July, because my birthday's in June. So it's like graduate May. June was my birthday, I think. <laughs> My graduation birthday trip, I went to Miami. That was like my second time in Miami. That's before Miami was like, this is the place to go. So yeah. it's like, this is when people were just catching on. And I'm like, motherfucker, I am 22 and I've been to Miami twice. Yeah. Like, who's you? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Like, I've done this, you know? So, and then it was like, yo, whoa, that was cool and all. But now you might not have a job to go on a trip to the Bay wow. <laughs> at this point. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. the homie's talking about we going to Vegas. I'm like... Well, you know, I'm going um, to see because the way the schedule's set up, you know, I'm kind of working this new <laughs> yeah. shit. And they're like, yeah, yeah, they you work shift. three days out of the week? <laughs> and they're like, you right. You right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. and so that was, and I had, you know, when I graduated, I had a girlfriend. So it was like, you know, she was still in college, but it's like, all right, I got a girl and I'm supposed to have like a job and I'm shit. I, my schedule just as sporadic as hers. Like, yeah, I got class at 10 and then I'm just chilling for the rest of the day. Like, what you doing? I'm just chilling too, you know, <laughs> <laughs> just here at, at the house, you know, whatever. So, you know, I started working and it was like, after that first year, I'd say even like six, eight months passed. And I'm like, yo, you don't have a full-time job. You know what I mean? It doesn't look like they're going to give you like... Arnold was the governor and he was cutting shit left and right. Mm-hmm. So like I'm I made a proposal for like two different positions like hey, could I do something like this, you know, for the city or for the arts, you know, branch or whatever doing this and they're like this sounds really good, but it ain't no money for that. Like, yeah. oh, this sounds really great and it's an extension of what you're already doing, but even if they were to do that, they're only going to bump you up like this many dollars and you're still not going to be full time. Like, oh, okay. All right, well, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. Yeah. So when we decided to kind of launch our own shit, it was cool at the time because working part-time, I was still flexible. So yeah. it's like I'm working Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Monday, Friday. So it's like I had a fucking what's, four-day weekend, five or whatever, like yeah. every week. So I'm like, all right, cool. So I can do that, and then I can dedicate time to putting this together. So it's like, all right, there's a networking thing. I'll go to that. There's an event to put together. So we did like networking happy hours. We did... And one of the, the first event we did was kind of like a showcase. And I think that's probably what kind of put me in the mindset of how Noosh knows me now. So mm. the whole premise of the, sh- it was a party. Cause everyone was like, why don't y'all like do parties or events? Because when we were doing birthdays or whatever, it's like, we go places and it's like, yo, here's the list. And they're like, yo, like 200 people showed up. Like who the fuck are y'all? Like, yeah. cause we were, young kids at that point like you know you guys are 21 22 just popped on the scene and we ain't never had 200 women like that (laughs) we ain't never had you know folks that just came from college or like this guy's a master's student or whatever coming in spending money having fun like y'all want to do another night and i'm like no and at that point i'm like the fuck i do that for you for i'll do that myself Mm. and that's kind of where that came from so it's like all right so we'll do that 
And then because we want to basically give a platform for the homies, we knew like local artists that were trying to do shows. And back then, like no one was really booking stuff like that unless it was Sean Healy and you know that route. (laughs) Absolutely. So it was like, yo, I just really want to do something. And then like all these people, we had mutual friends and then we had friends that each other didn't know. So it was like, well shit, I came to your birthday party and I met this dude, he's a producer, I met this girl and like, maybe you can have them like come to a show. So we put the whole thing together. We had two rap acts, R&B act, it was a party. Like I think we put 500 people in there and we had only estimated like 300 coming. Cause that was like our core list or contacts was about 300 deep. And it was yeah. like, yeah, you can bring your friends, whatever, whatever. And then yeah. like we started doing how we did flyers. We did them as business cards awesome. because we didn't want to be seen as like just a party crew. Like it was a business. So it was like, nah, we'll do everything business card size. Mm. It had all the info or it was like my contact info is on there. Hit me, whatever, whatever. <clears throat> and so we were doing that. We did a bunch of different events. We did community service stuff. And that was kind of like the move. But, you know, my best friend was also in law school. So when it started, he was flexible. And then as we got deeper into it, he had to get deeper into school. Yeah. So we had other friends because we kind of wanted to be like, yo, we want this to be a bunch of friends that can work together and like make some shit happen. Yeah. And but I think a lot of a lot of us had different agendas. We were all also young. A lot of us was like the first time trying to do something like that. So everyone was kind of pull in different ways but because it was our company i was funding everything <laughs> you know what i mean so it's yeah. like i'm going into the meeting or it's like they're talking because yo we met this club manager he wants to do this and i'm like all right let's go talk to him and i'm coming in there because you know as much as i wasn't really working like that i thought i was a man yeah so i'm coming in there like yo you know it's a strict dress code for our clubs and i'm walking in academic velours <laughs> throwback jerseys and sweats <laughs> wave cap <laughs> and i'm sitting there <laughs> and i'm not talking kind of thing and it's just like all right so we want to do this and i'm looking listening to them negotiate the deals and i'm like i don't think this is it. And they're like who the fuck is he yeah. and then when it's time and i'm like all right well you got to put this deposit down and i'm like all right Boom. <laughs> but when you think about it i'm fresh out of college i have a part-time job yeah <laughs> so it's like I'm putting a lot of money and then as the event's going, I'm like, we're breaking even yeah. or then it's like, we're getting the money then I'm dispersing it and I'm like, all right, now it's over and I'm going back. I can buy some extra tennis shoes. Yeah. Like, that's cool. So that kind of dispersed off. Um, and two of the younger homies that I brought in <clears throat> under it kept going. And, you know, when you talk about keep going yeah i think it's probably gonna be a theme for this but now they do they're the guys who do graystone on sunday poppy on friday you know one oak on tuesday so it's like when people see me in the club they're like yo how you just run up in here like that and i'm like yo (laughs) but those are my two homies from college on top of that so it's like we've been in each other's homes we know each other's family like i used to do when they broke off on their own it was kind of like i think being that person that's always about everyone working together absolutely i didn't want to take sides because they were like well, why don't you just come with us and then the other homie's like well, why are you gonna work with us and i'm just like eh, <laughs> i don't know i don't know so it's like when they broke off i was just doing their flyers mm. and a lot of that too was when i got to that point i was at this transition phase where i was like 
yo, I'm still not working in graphic design. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've been putting a lot of energy and money into everything else that's supposed to kind of catapult yeah. <laughs> graphic design and not actually like, yo, are you spending that much time on a job search at this point? Are you doing this? Because I was so in the point where I was like, I was done with the job market per se. Yeah. Where I was like, I'll just make my own path. Like, well, that's and, huge though. Yeah. So it was always that line of thinking and that even goes back to in grade school, junior high, where I was questioning teachers. Like, Absolutely. I don't think that works, man. Right, yeah. <laughs> and they're right, like, right, right. what do you mean? Like, that's how this system, I'm like, I don't really agree with your system. Yeah. <laughs> like, so it's a lot of that, those traits. So, but even like with the club thing, that's where the easy moniker kind of gained way more life. Mm. Because we had random people that wanted to come to events. So I didn't give out my real name to people so they were like oh yeah if you want to get on you know get on easy's list or whatever and i had back then i had a next tail chirp and the sidekick <laughs> so the, the sidekick is the where, essential pack yeah, like the sidekick <laughs> like i didn't use the phone but it was like just text your name and i'll add you to the list so it was like yo i hit easy's line i talked to him and our door girl would know like yo if anyone said they talked to easy yeah no they didn't really talk to him. Yeah. Like everyone that came up that she knows as friends and family is like, yo, Brandon said, da, 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 da. Or yeah, like no, no, no. I'm sitting outside and people were like, yeah, Easy said, just pull up with whoever. And I'm, and I'm like, he don't right even there. realize that. Easy sitting right there. Like, I'm yeah. literally standing right here, like looking like, mm, I didn't say that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's kind of how that name kind of kept moving. Mm. So it was like, and even like with the sidekick, the sidekick was given to me off a freelance project I was doing since a senior year. And it was this cat I met. He was like a grad student. Uh, one of my mentors, they were like fraternity brother, sister. So he was coming up to the school. He was kind of looking for interns and he found out I designed. So it was like, he was doing like discount flights for like rappers. So it was like Memphis Bleak might be on tour, but he needs to come to LA to like, for whatever reason. Mm. So he was like, yo, I found this da 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 If y'all are in Houston, all you got to do is drive to Dallas, take this, and then I'll save you 200 bucks or whatever. And then he take like a little, like the money they say, they pay him under the table. So while he was making those connections, he started this thing, it was called Urban World Wireless. And that was kind of one of the first, I would say, like when you think about blogs and mobile updates kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So it kind of started coming together around the whole two-way pager era. Mm. So it was like he was working with people that were doing custom ringtones and things like that. And he kind of had like a partnership with the, what's it do, Ill Seed, I think, that did like the hip-hop, all hip-hop rumor section. Okay. So they would send, like if you subscribe to the service, you get a daily update like, yo, we heard DMX ran up on Ja Rule mm-hmm. outside. So it was like on some... TMZ, but it was like industry insider yes, or like, yeah, yeah. yo, and sometimes it wasn't gossip. It was stuff like Jay-Z wants to start a nonprofit for da 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 like things like that. So it was like one of the first, so I was like kind of in the trenches with that. Like, all right, you need a flyer to put in stores. You need this, I'm doing that. Oh, you need t-shirts, whatever, whatever. So I was gaining like all this different experience, but at the time, like kind of seeing this whole digital revolution going. So mm. it's like always like here, and I'm kind of like here. Like I tell people, I was like, I've never worked, quote unquote, in the music industry. Like I've never had a label job. I've never like, yo, I was working for Def Jam for this long. Or like I yeah, was working right. at, you know, ASCAP or Warner's. None of that. Like yeah. I was just always kind of been 
moving alongside mm-hmm. how it's been happening. So, you know, fast forward from that. So I had the sidekick from that because he ended up doing a partnership with T-Mobile. T-Mobile had the first sidekick. They were the first carrier to put it out. So I was like, yo, here's a sidekick. So I'm like, you can keep up with the updates. And I just kind of adapted that into what I was doing on my own. Was, real quick, what's, what's crazy is like, I want to I wanna point out, because like what you mentioned earlier, like your entrepreneurial spirit. But I actually wanted to touch on that because like as I'm hearing through your journey and like you're, you're kind of even saying like you, you never worked in the industry, but you kind of like worked alongside it, right? You're being super <coughs> resourceful in figuring it out. And I think the, the thought of, yo, the job market didn't work the same way like you related that to when you were a kid, like the, with the teachers, that just mm-hmm. like that question, look, it doesn't work. The thought of creating something purely out of necessity. You know, we live in such an entrepreneurial yeah. world right now. Like yes. now it's like, that's what the celebrity is. Mm-hmm. So to be an entrepreneur, that's like, oh my God, that's that thing. But it, it comes from a, a much different place now. Whereas for you, it literally came out of necessity. Yeah. It's not like you woke up one day, you're like, yo, I'm going to start throwing parties because I want to be, a, I want to be that dude. Right. <laughs> it doesn't even sound like as you're doing it, you want to be that dude. Yeah. It's, it's, you're actually trying to do something else and create things to, can help you do that. Yeah. It's almost like a, like a glorified side hustle. Yeah. You know, cause you needed money and you also mm-hmm. needed to create your own platform. Yeah. But was there a struggle part of all of this is it's kind of like moving along of like where you actually do fit in, you know, you're not in the music industry. You're not really like a hundred percent all in on this like yeah i'll event I, thing i'd say as far as kind of falling into the music industry so maybe the next chapter mm-hmm. and that's kind of like where i meet noosh mm. so this is all kind of like i guess the foundation of how i made it to that point or yeah. like <clears throat> where those concepts and ideas and teachings and learnings kind of happen so you know, I'm doing that, and then, like I said, I got to a point where it's just like, yo, I'm not in the industry that I set out right. to do. So around the same time, I was like, you know what? You guys can have it. Like, you know, me and my best friend were just like, let's just get rid of it. Like, <coughs> I'm going to finish the law school thing up. Like, I know this is taking a toll on you because you've been having to run everything, and, like, you're not happy with it. Like, let's <coughs> pull back. Like, we'll figure it out. Was that hard at all? Or was it just like you, you weren't even in it that much? It, was, it wasn't that hard. I mean, it was it was difficult from the standpoint of I felt like I gave up mm-hmm. on being, you know, self-employed kind of thing. But then it's it gets to that point, like, the responsibility portion of it. Like, Absolutely. You know, you can run around being self-employed, but are you taking care mm-hmm. of your responsibilities? Are you, are you well growing? Are you, or are you just like... Yo, I got my own shit. I'm the CEO, dog. CEO of what? <laughs> exactly. That's the crazy thing like about starting your own anything mm-hmm. is it's it's definitely not the fantasy that like this especially now <laughs> that this like Instagram entrepreneurial right. thing yeah. paints that picture. Definitely. It's like you do it and now you're responsible for like crunching the numbers all the way to mm-hmm. the like just every aspect yeah. of it all day long. Right. And I mean, as I keep telling, like I've, I've quote unquote failed 
as far as self-employment more than just that. So fast forward, like right around the time I give up on all of that, I find a full-time job, designer. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm in the gate. I can finally like have that on my resume. I had that. About a year in, I'm like, you know what? Was that just like a corporate job style? Like, yeah, it was. It was kind. It was a privately owned company. Okay. Um, and like, the guy started off doing like sports memorabilia, like for golf clubs. So he was, you know, heavy connected with a lot of big time, big money Republicans, and basically, you know, self made himself into this guy who had a resource for all of these big events that they did. And then he was like, well, shit, I got the technology, I got the personnel. Then he started doing other sports memorabilia that you walk in like a Walmart, <coughs> Bed Bath & Beyond. It's like you see those things it's like, oh, Chris Weber, and then like a gold plaque and, you know, whatever. <laughs> like he had those and he was like, well, shit, I'm in there. I got buyers doing that. I can do like these canvas things or you walk in Target and people yeah. buy them. And so like he had all of that, but I was getting paid peanuts. Like they expected all sorts of hours, but then it was like, we don't want you working overtime, but it's like, yo, you, you just asked for, you know, I'm making line sheets, I'm making the actual resources for print. So it was a good learning experience, but like after a year and I'm like, yo, they're not even talking about a raise. Like I'm mm-hmm. sitting here like manning certain shit by myself. Like <laughs> they yeah. swamp my manager. Like he can't even deal with the team cause he's, you know, and I'm just like, mm. it was, I was working all the way out in the Valley. Like that drive was terrible. And then yeah. it was like, yo, you're five minutes late. And I'm like, yo, you had me here for three hours. The fuck? <laughs> like, yeah. I think it evens out. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think you got a point. All right. You know, yeah. I'm just like, and one of my other best friends was kind of getting off into his own company. And he was kind of like, yo, like some stuff is coming in. I need help. So I was like, yo, whatever you can do. You're like, I need help. To get me out of this. Yeah. And, you know, at the time he was renting a house that was literally three blocks from where I was living. So I'm like, okay, so I can not drive and then I can do this and then just walk over. Or if I need to work from my house, like whenever you know, whatever paperwork or whatever you need is done, let me know, like, I'm down. Like, yeah. like we're best friends. I'm down to help regardless mm-hmm. anyway. So, and that was one of my other best friends from high school. So it's like, hey, I know, you know, you and Jamon are doing that. You've been doing this job for a year. It doesn't sound like it's what you want, but it's good experience. But I think what I need help with, like, it's more up your alley. So go over there and we're doing that. And we kind of had some projects set up where he kind of had me, on the team for a year Mm. so for that year like i'm helping him with stuff so that's when i get into because he was doing a lot of online type of stuff so this is like 2005 2006 so Mm. like myspace facebook friendster all that linkedin all that stuff is shout out to friendster yeah (laughs) like all that stuff (laughs) is is making its name so like i remember that's when i got introduced to that because we were working what a lot of things in those realms. So like I had to make a profile for all of those things. So I'm like, I'm getting exposed. I was like, and I couldn't do Facebook because at the time you needed a college address. You did need a college so it was like, oh, and I was like, and that goes back to when I was like, who the fuck uses email? So I never continued using my college email. I'm like, what the fuck I need that for? I you know? Feel you. So it was like, I was on T-mail, <laughs> you know, I was on Yahoo and whatever else. So doing things like that, um, so we were working in that and we were working with one of the local artists that we had put on that bill, rewind back to that first event. Mm. Um, and that was Blue Collar. 
Mm. You know who Blue Collar is. Yeah. So, you know, they they were doing their monthly residence at Little Temple. So it was like I was doing, you know, their flyers. Like then my best friend, when he was at the show, he would take the pictures and we turned the pictures into newsletters. And awesome. I was sending that. So it was like we we're kind of doing some PR outreach. Yeah, we were yeah. doing like the marketing. We were doing the visuals and a lot of the different ways that you see how a lot of people operate now. You know, yeah. where it's an artist or an influencer or whatever they call themselves. Yeah. It's like, yo, we got a photographer. Yeah. We got this. You know, even like with the podcast, like for your content, you got to have the photographer. For sure. If you want to bring in a videographer, like all that stuff. So it was kind of like what we were doing back then, just not realizing it. Same as right. like when I was in college, we were doing mixtapes and not realizing it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, all right. And then when you think back, you're like, yo, this is just like this and Absolutely. that. Absolutely. So. I don't know if you were around for that, but the same best friend, Jaime, um, he developed this social site similar to MySpace called Blink, B-L-N-K. Um, and basically one of the pushes was to give it kind of like same premise as Facebook, MySpace, but he wanted to really have a push for music artists. Mm. So like some of the first promotion he did, like he did a thing for Dom, he did a thing for you and I, he did a thing for Pac Div, he did a thing for Blue Collar, Jay Davey, and Diz. Mm. So, and then like the house he was renting, like he had a lot of space in the living room. So I think there was a eight and a half magazine. They shot that photo shoot right in his house. And that was like the whole New West type of uh, feature they did and like wow. they shot all of that in his house so rewind to when they're doing the residences that's literally when i met pack diff wow so a lot of people if they don't know mibs and like mike and gabe are younger cousins of homie basic from blue collar wow. taryn stevenson who you know black scale like Terrence everywhere. Yeah. You know? Um, and I've known Terrence since high school. We went on college tour together, mm. things like that. So we were doing all of that. And right before I met them at a show, Mibs was actually at my mom's house because he knew a girl that knew my little brother. <laughs> and so they're talking, they're connecting. Like she had to come pick up some from him because they were best friends at the time. And then they're like, yeah, you like, I rap, da, 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 da. like, cool, all right, you know. So I'm at a show. They were doing, like, a special show at uh, Temple Bar. I don't know what it is now. I think Zanzibar, whatever. Yeah, it became, In Santa Monica. It <laughs> like, had, like, 15 yeah. iterations. Yeah. Since then. Whatever it is now. So Temple we're there, and I'm walking in, getting ready, you know, start shooting or whatever we were doing. And someone just grabs my arm. They're like, yo, mm. you Chris's brother. And I'm sitting there like, dog, who the? <laughs> and I'm like, yo, yeah. He's like, yeah, I was at your house for that. And I was like, yo, yeah, okay, what's up? He's like, yeah, man, like, we're doing a, uh, the 99 cent special next week, but my cousin wanted me to come down and check this. And I'm like, all right, like, who's your cousin? He's like, yeah, my big cousin, he rapped, like, you know, basic the mayor. And I'm like, bro, that's why I'm here. Like, mm. we do this. And he's like, what? No, dog. <laughs> like, so we chopping it up. We talk. He's like, yeah, man, I'm going to get with your brother. Like, I know he, you know, it's, it's like, all right, cool. I was like, and he's like, this is my brother Gabe. He's like, yo, what's up, man? He's like, this B, and I'm meeting all the crew. Yeah. And then they come out, and I think they did the song Act Like You Chilling. And I'm mm. like, yo, these boys is on some whole yeah. other mm. shit. And around the same time, my brother's at LMU, and he's in school with Thirst. 
So they're oh, at LMU. Wow. They know each other. So like Thurs oh, at the time yeah. is yeah, it's coming together. Yeah, yeah. like Thurs is still in Rapture camp. So it's you know yeah. it's for them. They doing all that and like yeah. they're putting together shows. And then so at the same time it's like, and I remember I think I went to a studio session because Chris was doing a verse or something with Thurs and someone else on the song. I walk in, they were waiting on their session. Bad Luck's in the booth. I'm like. <laughs> I hadn't met Luck yet, but I'm yeah. like, yo, I don't know who Fat Boy is in here, but he's going. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Real. And it, it's THX on the boards. <laughs> THX had asked Luck to come in because it was mainly THX's studio. Wow. And then one of my other homies that I put on the showcase that I went to college with, he recorded there sometimes too. And I'm like, I've been here before. <laughs> like, what's going on? Yeah. And then, and I think at the time it's part of like on the side. Cause I was done with the promoting thing, but I was still kind of working part time. Mm. And I think I was, it was a right in there. And then also right before I started that first full-time job, I basically turned easy street into a t-shirt company. Well, there was no easy street, <laughs> but that's what it, what it was. Cause it was one of those, if I had broken off to start my own promoter company or whatever, yeah. that would have been the name. Got it. Being, and easy just street. coming from the idea of easy. And I was just like, easy street clicks i put a logo together it was like a street sign easy street i think i put like 3900 because i grew up off 39th street Mm, in crenshaw whatever like and it was like basic and that was like the era of the iron on t-shirts absolutely so it was like i would just take a picture put like some clever little quotes and be like yo i need that all right how many yo i think my brother won one too like i was doing line sheets like here you go yeah. like yo email that off or like sidekick email <laughs> like yeah. yo that's what they look like like all right you know run it and then when i was doing that like one of the mentors he was working for king magazine and he was doing something with tyrese he was like yo tyrese wants to start a magazine but he needs some promo tees and i remember i went like downtown and bought like fucking a hundred t-shirts at some wholesale place went to staples bought a bunch of iron-ons printing out the shit iron (laughs) yeah mom's like yo what the fuck are you doing (laughs) and i'm like yo i'm about to get this paycheck and she's like whatever you got to do yeah (laughs) like you know like but she just saw it from the standpoint of like he's doing something like in the realm that he wants to work in someone for whatever reason is hiring him it's not through a job and he's doing it himself like yeah i stay out the way <laughs> you know I, what I, mean? I love that part of your, your story so far is just this constant like moving and figuring out and, yeah. and finding those like little nooks of opportunity yeah to just be like all right I'm, I'm doing this i'm it's just like to me that's such a special part already of like how you're building your foundation mm-hmm. and from someone who doesn't know your story is uh like I'm waiting for your next move. I'm like, damn. Like, <laughs> it's just it's just iterations, because, like constant pivots. Because yeah. it's it's not linear either, right? Like right. you're floating <laughs> around what you actually want to do mm-hmm. by doing all this other shit that's mm-hmm. actually like slowly building this like massive like ocean around which yeah. It, w- yeah. this like wave that's that's spiraling. But you're actually not doing exactly what you want to be doing right. from the jump. Yeah. And that to me is something that that's so I think that could connect with so many people cuz when you you jump off to to aspire like what you want to do whether it's being a musician mm-hmm. or um anything that doesn't have like a very linear path the real fucking journey is doing all the shit around <laughs> yeah. it to try yeah. to get that to pop off For right real. and make it happen 
And so all these little things, but it's, it's connecting the dots too. Mm-hmm. So like what your vision is from day one isn't, is, is nowhere near the actual journey to get there. Right. So yeah, so it's like, so I was making the shirts and then that's kind of, that's actually how I ended up at the studio session. My brother was going and Thurs wanted some like a custom shirt for one of their performances. Uh. So he was like, yo, like, well, tell your brother come to the session so he can kind of hear, you know, my shit and da 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 and we can meet each other, blah, blah, blah. So I come in. He's like, yo, he's like, y'all seen what you did with this and that. He's like, yo, I want one. And I remember it was like, he wanted like, because I think I had done one of my brother, like a baby pick of him. I think it was like a baby pick of him and LeBron because they graduated the same year of high school. Wild. So, and like Kobe was always like my guy. He was a year older, but I was like, yo. Yeah. So I think I had a shirt that was like me and Kobe. And then I made my brother want to like him and LeBron. Mm-hmm. And it was like the next, you know, the next iteration or whatever. Yeah. So I think Thurs saw that and was like, yo, where you get the shirt? <laughs> He's like, yeah. my brother makes some shits. Like, yeah. yo, word, like, yo, I want this. So like Thurs, I wanted like a, like a baby picture of him. And I think I put like a crown or I think he had a crown already, but it was like he oh, wanted the wow. baby picture and he wanted it blown up and like to have like the date of his birth or something. So like I did that. We talked about it, made the shirt, got it to him. And he was like, yo, thanks, man. So it was like I was making shit like that for my barber. I was making shit for people for their shows. Like, and it was just like, all right, well, maybe I can do some of this because it's still I never thought about clothing like that. But I yeah. was like, it's still like this whole thing of. It was sports. It was music. Mm-hmm. You know, it was these and like I Design. was, yeah. And I was just like put in like, yo, this quote with that. And, you know, it's like it's almost like Instagram on a shirt. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you get this picture, like yo, For this real. is dope, and then you're like, what line can I use? Or like, you know, what what is it that speaks to this image? And that's a lot of what design is already. It's like you're visualizing what it is you're selling or whatever it is you're talking about. So it's like, all right, cool. So we're doing that, and I'm like all right, the shirt shit is cool. Like, all right, easy street, whatever. But I was always like, I can use easy street for whatever. Like I never founded easy street as a business for anything in particular. It was just like, this is for whatever I feel like doing. If at whatever point, all right, it's there. Yeah. So, you know, we're doing that. And then, so everyone's doing that. And like around the time I'm working with my boy, that's when I got introduced to like, now, right. Mm -hmm. And, Got introduced like not right, um, high snobiety. Um, I don't know if it's still around. I doubt it. It was called Being Hunted, but it was like another like hype beast type of thing, like rare shit that you know. Because homie Taryn, he would come in there too. Like Taryn was in the fashion issues, and he, I don't know if people noticed, but he's like one of the last members of Living Legends. Like that's like wow. Living Legends' young boy. Wow. You know what I mean? And then, like, he's the big homie to pack dip. So, like, that's a whole lineage in itself that some people may or may not be familiar with. So, Taryn had toured, like, done shows in Japan. So, you know, he's seen in Japan, like, yo, it's these Air Max out there that y'all ain't up on. Like, you go to this site. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, you got to pay an extra $100. But if you want the shit that nobody else has, and it's like, so, and that was, I don't want to say that was a hype beast culture. But it's kind of what bred what we see now. Absolutely. But like our generation, I think, was more of the search. You know what I mean? Like you couldn't tell me what shoes were fly. I'm going to go find them. Mm. And, you know, so it was like I remember like when I was getting Jays, it's like, yo, that store don't have them. Yo, what other store can we run to real quick before they sell out? Mm. All right. And <laughs> we might spend the whole, you know, from 8 a.m. till 1 o'clock. Like 
yo, got him, or you yeah. didn't. You're like, fuck, yeah. I'm not missing the next ones. You know, where now it's like, it's gotten a little like, I remember even like my mom taking me and my best friend to Foot Locker. We wanted the all white 11s. And it was like, hey man, I need these. Like, I'll give you the money today. Like, no way should you trust anyone you hand them cash and be like, just make sure my shoes are there tomorrow. Yeah. But the market was smaller where it was like, that dude knew like, all right, if I do this, they'll keep coming back to me yeah. for their shoes. So if he trusts me with his money, like he'll fuck with me again. Yeah. And it did. I got to a point like when I was that age, like I had a dude at Foot Locker. We had a girl at Foot Action. We had someone at Champs. And it was like, yo, I need, I need the shoes. Like I can afford them this time. <laughs> like, or I save up, whatever it is. So, you know, fast forward back to like the digital era, you start, we're starting to see these different things take place. And like the artists starting to use MySpace as like their main platform and things like that. So like that's moving. And then the blogosphere starts popping yeah, up. So, my partner, well, I mean, like, he had to start doing this stuff, and then I kind of faded out into my own. So it was back into, like, all right, now I'm about to be working for myself again. Like, mm. I had built up, like, a bit more of a client base. Like, I had different, like, actual offerings. I was like, all right, look, I'm a freelance designer. I can make shirts. I can make websites. I can do this. And it was like, all right, cool. So, you know, those things were coming in, and, like, so we're doing that, and I'm making moves in that era, and then, you know, I'm known. I'm knowing these artists, and everyone's like, we're just always talking because everyone's like around. I'm working for myself, so I'm flexible. So it's like, yo, can you come meet up at such and such and let's chat about it? Like, yo, I'm about to be at so and so's house. Can you pull up? Yeah, cool. So around the time of the you and I thing happening, Thurs and YL wanted to come meet with me. Like, yo, we wanna we wanna play you some of the new shit. This is mm. what we're doing. Yada 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 yada. We need artwork. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, like, what you thinking of? Like, we want to do this. So we started talking about, like, Black Star, the most most deaf Talib Kweli. That was really yeah. the inspiration for the cover of Fried Chicken and Watermelon. Incredible. That's where that came from. So I ended up making that. And when I look back on it, like, I love it. But, like, design-wise, I'm like, yo, it's some shit you should have done better than that. <laughs> but it communicated exactly what, you know, they wanted. Absolutely. And it was pulled from that kind of space but it was like i had limited access to fonts like that like it was a lot harder to go on a website and just pull fonts yeah. i was like all right well this kind of has that look and we're like all right and different stuff that i learned you know further into the game like how to tweak certain stuff and i was like damn i should have done that like when i look back at it now yeah. Yeah, yeah. but it worked you know they were like look i remember we met at the b of a around the corner when it was done they paid for it and then you know you and i was doing their shit mm. um and, you know, then at the same time, like, Pac-Div was doing them. Blue Collar was still doing stuff. Through Blue Collar, I met Diz. Like, I had known Jay Davey since high school. Wow. Jack, Brianna went to one of our sister schools. Mm. Like, I used to date one of our homegirls. Wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the whole time, never knew she did music. And then That's one day, incredible. I'm sitting at Jaime's house. Taryn's over there. And he's like, yo, did you know that Brooke and Brianna do music? And I was like, what? And then I, I forget the... uh the video but it was like with the robot in it and she's like kind of making out with the robot and i'm like yo this shit is fire but yeah. <laughs> had no idea that they did music you know what yeah. i mean like those were always just like yo at the parties they're here or like at this family this like they're gonna be there yeah i'm like this is crazy and i'm just looking and you know at the same time i'm looking at the blogs and i'm like yo it's a lot of fucking talent in the city mm. you know what i mean i'm like why is there no platform 
for us. Mm. You know, and I'm looking and I'm like, not right, cosigning. And there was nothing to take away from any of them. I was like, yeah, I fuck with Wiz. I mean, I guess Wale's cool. You know, I'm sitting there like, yo, Sean P is fucking hard. Like, mm. But where's us? Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. I was like, and the only person who was really getting any notoriety at the time was Blue. And Blue's right. dope as fuck. But it was Absolutely. funny because all the people I knew of, they knew Blue. And I'm like, so how come no one else yeah. is getting like that same shine? Like, you know, regardless of the incident that happened at LMU, like there was a lot of talent on that stage. You had Blue yeah. Collar, you had Diz, Dom, Pac Div. Like my brother was up there. He was in the group. Some other cats performed. Like Prez was there. Like just a lot of what you know is like the LA yeah. hip hop scene was all there. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Real. Different stakeholders that may not necessarily have been talent, mm. but grew up to be like, oh, this person's an A&R and this person's managing and yeah. or this one's a producer. Like a lot of those people were there. And at that time, it was really one of those moments where looking back on it now, it was like the epicenter of Los Angeles hip hop. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And like when people talk about like the New West, like the New West was developed like early, early on, mm-hmm. like way earlier than people even for give sure. it credit yeah. for. And I would say going back <clears throat> to your point about when you create something out of a necessity, yeah, mm. that renaissance really came from, and I remember a girlfriend I had back in like 03, 04, I was talking about, I was like, I want to write a book. And she was like, what are you talking about? I was like, I want to write a book about how Snoop ruined West Coast hip hop. She was like, you can't do shit like that. Like, and I was like, I was like, no, I was like, here, I was like, I was like, hear me out. I was like, hear me out. I was like, Snoop was a fucking idol. Like it's fucking classic. But I was like, his stardom has basically stifled anything out of our city since then. Mm-hmm. So I like game. But, you know, there was a Dre, there was a 50 Cent cosign. Like, a lot of things went his way. Yeah. And I was like, because a lot of these labels want something that sounds like Snoop. And no one else can be Snoop. So, no one's taking a gamble on anything else Mm -hmm. that's out here. Then you fast forward three, four years or 2006, 2007. And, like, these non-gangster rap artists are laying these different foundations on their size of town and things like that. And I remember when you and I was working on fried chicken and watermelon and we were having different meetings back and forth. And I told them, I was like, yo, this internet shit is wild. And I was like, it's going to get to a point. I was like, we're going to stop seeing multi-platinum artists in the old format. I was like, we're going to get to a point where you're probably going to be able to release your music off your own platform. Mm. Fast forward, yo, thirds.com <laughs> for real, <laughs> you know, uh, soon you'll understand.com and so on because that's when the blogs were starting i was like you know i was like look at it i was like you got guys who are just throwing some shit on the page with a link you download it and i was like who's to say you can't have your own dot com at this point you know if you build the fan base yeah absolutely and i was like you're already putting the stuff on myspace but that's tom's that's so-and-so's that's it and then they were like ah that's crazy you know but i kind of saw it which thinking back now in 2018 i'm like yo you really caught that (laughs) you really caught that wave for real you know so it got to like 2007 into 2007 i was just sitting there i was like there's still no platform like you know we had west coast writers we had dub cnn but they weren't really existing as like the blog format like a blog like a blog spot wordpress where everything just like feed straight down it was like old school website like click tabs yeah (laughs) search through and forums and things like that so i was just like what if I just make one? 
you know, and I'm like sitting there and like, I think I had talked to Jaime and a couple of other people like about different blog spots or people using that. Cause I'd seen people using that just for like regular personal shit. Like, Oh, you know, I did a photo shoot today. Here's some photos. And I'm yeah. like, how easy is it? So, you know, they had a thing I saw. I was like, if you paid whatever, $10 to Gmail, you can create like a blog spot for free, which you know, I was like, $10, $10. Okay, here you go. And I was like, I'll figure this out. Yeah. Like later, you know, and so like I had started like I gave the idea, like I presented to Thurs. I think I talked to Like about it. I talked to Diz. I talked to um the homies who were promoting at the time and like I think one of the other homies is like was doing like clothing stuff. And I was like, you know, there's a lot of different shit that's going on and like I remember I used to put on MySpace like, I did these, like, monthly letters, I guess you would say. Like, when they started having those long formats you could post. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, like, basically it was, like, an update of, like, shit. Like, yo, I went to this restaurant and then da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> I went to this store and it was fucking fire. And I went this place and that place. Out of here. And then I was like, this is a lot to put on MySpace. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, there's got to be a way to like break this up. Yeah. So like I'm looking at how WordPress moves and Blogspot and all that different stuff. And at the time, like the only deal for WordPress was like $25. I was like, I don't know if I want to pay $25 yet because I don't that. know what this is going to be yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So I was just like, all right. So everyone's like, no, I think you should do it. I think you should do it. So I started like thinking of different stuff and like, trying to accumulate different ideas of how I wanted to do it. April 28th, 2008, easystreet.com was born. Boom. Um, so the first posts were, it was a behind the scenes of the beautiful day video by you and I. I shot the behind the scenes Iconic. by myself. <laughs> like I got a hold of some camera and I was just there filming. I had iMovie at the time. I cut it up like kind of just, trying to remember the stuff I learned from Premiere, but not really knowing how you actually put together a video, but just yeah. like, yo, I, I know that. And I think that just comes from being visual. <clears throat> yeah. You just have an idea of like, mm -hmm. all right, it should have a cut scene. It should show some of the music. It should have an interview here. It should have some text right there. So I did that and I was like, yo, Thursday, I'm gonna do this. And Thursday, I was like, fucking do it, bro. Come, we're gonna be shooting from da 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 Did it and they were like, yo, I fuck with this. That's amazing. So it's like, I did that. I think around the same time, wow. yeah, I think PacDiv released one of their videos. I don't know if it was, I can't remember. What, I think Women Problems was the one. Um, Jay Davey, I think I just dropped a single. And then my boys that were doing clubs had just partnered with Jerry and Javier for the first time. Mm. And that was uh, Crimson Opera on Sunday nights. Wow. And that was... That was an era unto itself, <laughs> <laughs> you know? So all those things were going on. So I was like, all right, those are your first five posts. So yeah. I remember I was working on those <clears throat> like over the weekend or whatever it was. And then April 28th, I said everything live, was doing that. And then like Thursday, I'm like, yo, I like that. And like, I think Blue Collar was working on something. They're like, yo, we're going to send you this song. I'm like, all right, cool. And then I was just like going around on the internet. Like, all right, what else is LA based? Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, cool. And then fast forward a few months, I started meeting people. Like I met one of my boys I went to uh, college with, happened to be working, I think, for All Hip Hop or Hip Hop DX. And he had started like a blog on the side. It was like the Notorious BLOG or whatever. So he had different <laughs> stuff. And then, I, yeah, so he had that. Um, 
I think it was a shoot they were doing for uh, one of the videos off of Love Supreme. And that's when I met Mecca from Two Dope Boys. Mm. So we met um, the homie E-Dub, who I met earlier through Thurs and Y.O. And he was doing stuff with, there was 80s Baby, and then he had a site. Mm. So we kind of like, <clears throat> kind of got together and had like this weird, I guess, conglomerate, you could call it. And we did mainly West Coast shit. And like two dope boys, they were in the new music cartel by that yeah. time. But after I met Mecca, Mecca was like, "Yo, I fuck with it just because it's like this home team." Like you know, Mecca Absolutely. lives in New York, but Mecca's from Long Beach, California. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and Shake's from the West Coast, so like I hadn't yeah. met Shake, but talked yeah. to him over email, and he's like, "Yo, no, I heard of you. Like Thurs and them talk about you all the time. I heard about you from so and so. Like, awesome. I fuck with it. Like, yeah. we're down, but like we're also doing this thing, so we can't like dedicate. You know, and they were." bigger than all of those blogs and so it's like yeah. you can't lean on us but you know if there's shit send it our way so it's like all right cool so we had that going and then you know that kind of transferred into what was called the fcc fresh coast collective so that was like prez convinced my brother dinez del danger um someone else in that mix that i'm forgetting and i don't know why um <laughs> I know CSAM was on the track, but there was someone else. So that was kind of like the artists, the producers, the blogs that we had. So then that's ended up what that became. Then it was the FCC. So that was Notorious BLOG, 80s Baby, Easy Street, um, Two Dope Boys Loosely, yeah. um, one other one. So it was like, all right. And coincidentally, <coughs> as I started spending more time on Easy Street, the freelance work started drying up because there was another market hit so like i had a, a company where i was kind of like contracted on a part-time basis but it was like they gave me x amount of hours Johnny. per month so yeah. it was like yo that's steady money we good yeah. <laughs> like all right cool and then i can fill in the blanks here and there and i had people like yo i need da, da, da. all Absolutely. right that'll be that so i was like all right cool and then you know you're not thinking about it at the time because the blog itself became like a job yeah because the digital era started really booming at that point. Yeah. So there it's was... Especially it's in, the blogosphere, it's a, man. Yeah, yeah, it's incredible for me to, like, really hear the progression, right, of, like, even the seed of art and then the, 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 the speech about, like, look into, you know, digital and, and mm -hmm. graphic design and then all of these different outlets along the way of graduating and being able to be... It, it's wild to be able to think of it like feeling so behind along the way, mm -hmm. but then having all of that experience to be on the cusp and be ahead when it really mattered, yeah. right? And then at that same time, it was providing such a value for Los Angeles and LA music and artists that it allowed, you know, Easy Street to really become such a staple in Los Angeles and West Coast hip hop. And it's crazy, it's like, so 2009, it started becoming like, I think I was telling myself, like, you're going to do a minimum of 10 posts a day. Like, if you didn't do 10 posts, I yeah. failed that day. Yeah, well, you know, and crazy yeah. time. Like. And I was working for myself. So it was like, you, you're making your own hours. So yeah. there was certain stuff where I'm like, oh, I can knock that out in three hours. I'll do that tonight. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I checked the email. Or an email come in like, hey, yeah, I'll take care of you. I'll have it tomorrow. You know, whatever, whatever. 24-hour turnaround. Don't worry about it. And they're like, all right, cool. Were you generating any revenue from it at this point? From Easy Street? Yeah. No. Not at that moment. So just to think, like, 
how much like you're talking this is like a full-time thing and you're not making any revenue no just so like, listeners know yeah. like i was broke well not just yet we'll, we'll get to that there was a stage where definitely broke mm. um so 2009 it starts moving I'm like all right 10 posts a day so on and so forth i'm doing that and then you know as that's progressing um was very like hands-on because it was just me yeah. there was no one else so it's like if there's an event okay i'll post it and they're like yo i got you on the list come to the show or like yo there's a store opening come to the store open come to this meet and greet so i'm there and i'm interviewing and then i'm meeting people or i'm going to certain shit and people you know they're working for actual outlets and they're seeming like yo so who you here for and i'm like my, my shit <laughs> and they're yeah. like oh what's your shit i had I'm here yeah like i was a designer so i had business cards it was yeah. like it was the same banner that i had across the site so i'm giving it like oh i seen this site this is you oh shit then you know i'm like all right but it, it was local so i'm not yeah. thinking anything and then i think like i think towards the end of 2008 i know we i think we <laughs> was it no that was 2009 we did an actual like showcase um but in 2008, we did a, uh, fuck, what was that? Now I'm drawing a blank. But, um, so yeah, it was, but the thing about it too is like, as a designer, I was like, all right, if I post something, I can make my own artwork. I can kind of like, I was using templates per se, but I was customizing because I was like, I still want it to look like, represent yeah. me. I don't want this to look like what's out Absolutely. there everywhere. So I'm like, all right, I'm doing that. And then... You know, I had the email, the emails on the site, so then people start, yo, hey, 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 oh, I just figured out who you were. Oh, that's what it was. So E-Dub told me, he was like, yo, use Twitter. And I'm like, yo, fuck Twitter. Like, what's all this social media shit on yeah. Twitter? Like, and Jaime had introduced me to Twitter in 2006. Wow. And he was using it strictly from the phone, like not even from the app. Mm -hmm. And when he was using it, it was mainly tech people using it. So he was just like, yo, I'm in a fucking group you know, it, it would come through looking like a group chat because it was going to his phone. And he's like, yo, I'm talking to like the director of SEO at analytics for so-and-so. This is a dude from Microsoft. And I'm like, yo, this is some real nerdy shit, bro. Yeah. But I know you're into the nerdy shit. Yeah. Like I've done some nerdy shit, but like your nerdy shit is here. <laughs> and that's why we fuck with each other too. Cause it's like, yo, like yeah. learn from each and other. And that was so shit. early. Yeah. And like he, while he was doing Blink, started the Blink booth. It was a photo booth, and now I don't know if you've seen it, but is evolved into Lindsley. Mm. At the parlor, there's a whole booth. Wow, the one that's like this size and touchscreen. Yeah, it's his. Wow. So, you know, he's like, well, from tech and software, like that's kind of how I got into this. I'm like, all right, cool. So, two years later, when E does like, yo, you should use this on some music shit. I'm like, yo, they number fucking nerds over there, and he's like. <laughs> look hold on <laughs> and he's like he's like look when i started feeding my blog post through twitter i started seeing more traffic like people started finding me and i'm like i don't know man and then like i'm meeting other people like yeah you know you got a twitter and i'm like, like all the artists are like you got a twitter and i'm like no no and then after a while i was like back of your mind you're i like, guess i need to get a yeah. twitter <laughs> so i get twitter i figure out how to make like the post feed into the twitter and then like you know artists will see their shit then they start posting or like their publicist will start retweeting and then all of a sudden I get emails like hey I saw you did it can I send you more shit and I'm like yeah sure whatever you know yeah. so through email I'm meeting you know meeting TDE I'm meeting 
you know, problem. I got reconnected with Luck because I met Luck again through Blue Collar at one of like their specials. Mm. And then when I started doing the site, we reconnected and I'm like, yeah. Um, I met Miguel when he was 16. Wow. He was at a showcase. He was opening because um, I guess he was, I don't think he's a former manager, but they were all like from the same crew. Yeah. Um, it's called the Wild Bunch. It's like a hip hop band type of thing. He was opening for them because Wild Bunch wanted us to do an event for them. So they're like, come check us out. So like they were the headliners. I think Miguel was like right before them or like wow. second. He was in the middle. Like they had yeah. an opener, then he was there. And I'm watching and I'm like, I turned to my boy. I'm like, yo, I need to know who the fuck he is though. Mm, I was like, that's a fucking star on stage. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, he's pretty good. He was like, you know, he was like, I was like, that's not the headliner. Though. And he's like, no, no, no. He was like, you'll know the headliner because it's like a full on band. I'm like, okay. So I think in that band, Brian and Mac Fisticuffs were in yeah. that band. Wow. So that, so when that all disbanded, like they're all still that's in that, right. <laughs> they're right. all still in that conglomerate. Yeah. Damn. So yeah. Fa- Damn. yeah. Full circle yeah. shit. So Damn. fast forward, I'm in a barbershop and I look up and I'm like, this kid looks familiar. Like, who the fuck is this kid? Yeah. Like, why does he look so familiar to me? And I'm looking and I realize that it's him because some months before that on MySpace, my homegirl, Dominique and Chastity, I was with them. And they're like, yeah, the homie Miguel, da, 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 And they're showing me, you know, short thing is like shit that, you know, was out. Yeah. But a lot of people didn't know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're playing that. I'm like, yo, this shit hard. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Like, Dominique's like, yeah, I think I'm going to have him perform on my birthday. Like, you know, I've known him. I'm like, nah, yeah, okay, cool. Like, whatever. I'm like, so when he's at the barbershop, I'm looking, I'm like, where do I know him from? Yeah. And then it clicked. And at the time, my homegirl was dating Brian. And wow. it just like for whatever reason, while I'm sitting there, it all came together at once. Mm. So like I'll go over, I talk to him, and I'm like, yeah, like you know, I know this person, and you know, so and so told me about you. Then I just found out that Brian, and then he's like, yo, you know the whole shit. Oh my god, <laughs> like, so we start chopping it up or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I started this site recently. Like it's all like LA focused. Like it's primarily. LA like whether it's fashion sports like whatever you know and he's like that's fucking dope yo I take your card I email you whatever whatever like back when AOL and Gchat was first like when people were kind of moving from AIM into, into Gchat, yeah. Into Gchat yeah. like me and Miguel would like randomly talk on Gchat and Miguel and me like yo what you think of this song and I'm like yo this shit is hard like, <laughs> what, what he was like yeah I just worked on it last night but I was like you know and then I remember we talked about like doing a video. He's like, all I need is a camera. And I was just like, I wish I had a better camera. <laughs> and I, was like, I was like, cause the idea sounds great. Like all I have to do is sit a camera there. But I was like, the camera I got ain't the camera we want to use, you know? <laughs> so, you know, and like, those are like the starts of fostering yeah. those relationships. Absolutely. And then, you know, through luck when I was doing that stuff and he saw the site um, and he found out I knew Jizzle. And I think we're like at a Snoop Dogg event. So he introduced me to Problem. And I've been posting Problem shit already. So it's like, the Problem's like, yo, you the dude who been posting my shit? Y'all, that's tight. Thanks. And then, you know, just mean people. Um, and then just being like tangible. 
You know, I think yeah. in the era of social media, so many people have gotten away from being tangible. It's like, all right, I'm tweeting all day and I'm talking shit and I'm talking right, about right, music right, 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 right. and then I'll show up at your show. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. and, I mean, in that time, like community was the biggest thing. Yeah. Like, and, and that's what's so dope about your story of what you're doing. Like everything is like we talk about just from being from L.A. Mm-hmm. and how small this city can really be. Yeah. But when you're. When you're taking it down to even like a more defined niche of like the LA hip hop community and yeah. in creating this platform, being a part of that community is is like you're seeing just the the massive importance of that. Yeah. Like being really like touching tools. Absolutely. Yeah. Like seeing, yeah. feeling, talking, building. Not like it, it, it's not where it's like oh let's. Let's just try to get the the retweet. Let's just, it's just like right. no, actually, like you said fostering those relationships because how interconnected it really, really was. Yeah. And at that time, it's something really special to have one's music like placed on these blogosphere sites. Like mm-hmm. it was a big deal. So when you have somebody that's in tune with the culture going to these studio sessions, going to the shows, it's like you build the rapport not just with the blog, no, but it, with it, the person that's. Yeah doing all of these things. Yeah. And like at that time for me, like that's where I kind of popped in, but like I saw Easy everywhere. Mm. You know what I mean? Like at the shows, at the <laughs> true studios, like pulling up to this shoot, this, that, and the other. And what was so beautiful about kind of that, I guess, birth of the blogosphere in terms of music, like post MySpace and all that, was that the LA community it was so young, but so robust. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, ev- it was truly a community. Like, everybody was fucking with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Naturally, there's there's people that have their own, yeah. you know, minor beats and whatnot. And, you know, Just, like, but, youth shit. Yeah. But, like, that was one of those things. Like, everybody was connected with one another. Mm-hmm. So, it was, like, the artists and then the blog cats. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was the creators and the content creators. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and it was tr- so early on yeah. in that time. And it, it was crazy because, like like I said, so as it went on, <coughs> the personal life was going this way. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like, the blog's going this way, and everything else is like, fuck. All right, so they haven't paid anything yet. Yeah. Okay, now they're not hitting me back about more work. Okay, well, this person, we talked about it, and then when I gave him a price, he went ghost on me. Mm. All right, well, you know, but I'm occupying my time mm-hmm. building the site, you know, and things like that. And then around that time, I think, like, an ad network hit me. So, and they were like, yo, we want to put you in this thing. I can't remember who they were because they ended up turning into a different <coughs> type of platform now. Like, they're not even an ad network, but they were focused on music. So, you know, they were like, we want to monitor the site for a while. And then, you know, if we like it, we'd like to bring you in. And I was just sitting there like, I didn't understand how the ad networks necessarily yeah. work. But I was like, so y'all want to pay me to just do what I'm already <laughs> doing? So I mean, if... If this other shit doesn't work, or even if this works, like this could just be extra money. And Absolutely. I've always been someone's like, yo, if I can just have extra revenue coming in, yeah, so be it, you know. So it's like, all right, cool. Like, you know, it's three months later, they're like, yo, we're gonna put you in. Like, we like what you're doing. Like, you got a consistent output. Like, your numbers are growing. Like, you have a definite niche that. So I'm like, all right, cool. You know, so there'll be some months come in. And I'll be like, that's a good little check. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, cool. Mm-hmm. You know, put it to side. And then there's other. I'm like. This is it, this one. Okay, all right. But because I didn't understand advertising workings, 
you know, and click throughs and CPMs and all that kind of shit. Yeah. Like I didn't understand why there were ups and downs either. Or it's just like, well, how come this month I ain't getting no shit? Well, cause the ads they were running this month, your viewers don't fuck with. Like yeah. they're looking at it like, I don't care. Yeah. Like, so they move on and they see other shit. They're like, Oh, Nike got it. Did it. Did it. Then? Okay, cool. So, you know, that's moving. And as I get closer to the end of 2009, I think that's where I hit more of like the creative stride with the blog. Like I started, I was like, okay, I'm going to do series like this. So I did like the best of 2009 where I took like all the local artists and I was like, you know, everyone does their list. I did a full on interview. Mm. Like I talked to Dom in front of Audubon and Lamert. I talked to Scheme at like his house in the backyard in Inglewood. You know, I pulled some people in front of shows like you and I at their when they did the screening at the ICM. But when I was like, wow. and it was like, yo, I just want your personal best. Like, it doesn't have to be what everyone else thinks is the best album of the year. What like, I want to know what your, you know. And they ran them off, and people were like, and because a lot of those people I had built more of like personal relationships with, it was like yeah. it's nothing. Like they didn't care yeah. if it wasn't on smash or complex or it was like yo easy want to do an interview what what time you want me to pull up but yeah. like what time can you come through like yeah, i'll sure. do it for you and then it's like i go home chop the shit up then i was figuring out how to rip youtube videos so i'm like all right well he said he liked the rick ross album i pulled a rick ross you know and at that time you're not thinking of licensing rights and i'm like mm, sure. whatever i'm putting that shit in there <laughs> like ain't nobody yeah. paying attention like that like <laughs> fuck y'all like all right cool yeah. <laughs> and like you know i'm sending those to shake i'm i met like um legend from on smash and a couple just through email type of shit you yeah. know or through twitter and it was like yo send me your email so i'm like sending them shit to like all right i'll post it you know i met like around that time me and ashley got cool ashley outrageous because she was just starting um a bro low-key you heard that new because he we had mutual friends that were like y'all gotta meet y'all gotta meet so we yeah. just followed each other on twitter you know whatever whatever um so and i think that was also was that the year blueprint 3 came out 2009 i want to say i think it was i want to say it was so that i got blessed (laughs) someone sent me three tracks from blueprint three and they were like yo we love what you do for the city but like you need some shit like this so they sent me the drake the drake and uh jay-z track Whatever tracks Timberland produced, Ooh. I got. It was like I think there was a Rihanna one and something else, like not the one with Kanye, but somewhere she was like on some offbeat shit. They sent it, so I posted those. Wow! And then wow. people saw it. And people were like, "Yo, this Jay Z Drake track!" Oh God, you know, people going crazy. Like, and a lot of it was just the homies, the locals. Like, yeah. you know, people were like. They're like, yo, you got what? Uh-huh. And then, you know, then Shake saw it. And it's like, yo. And then Shake posted it and credited me. He was like, yo, this came from the homie Easy. Awesome. Low key was like, yo, this came from Easy. Awesome. Yeah. And then to the point where because the labels would send shit to them leaking it, but then act like it right. wasn't from them. Right, right, right. So they started hitting them up. Like, yo, who's Easy? How the fuck he get this? Wow. And so Low Key wow. hit me like, bro, we just going to take the heat for it? And tell them that we, you know, gave it to you to premiere just because we've been doing shit with you. But whoever the source is, like, don't, you know, if they hit you up, don't respond. Mm. And, like, that was, like, that era where, not era, but, like, moment where I was like, yo, there's motherfuckers out here on the internet that fuck with me. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? But 
it still wasn't tangible, but it was like, yo, that was crazy. Yeah. So it was like, I sent it to all the local, like I sent it to Orator and I'm like, yo, I'm coming to Guys and Dolls tonight. Play this shit. Yeah. <laughs> and like, he plays it and he's like, yo, we got this shit fresh from Easy, LA, da 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 da. And I was like, this is cool. Yeah. Like, this is cool. But you know, at the same time, I'm like, but you know, I'm not really uh, making any money right yeah. now. So it's like, <laughs> isn't that crazy though? It, like, like, this is like, the height of your story so far, right? Right. This, like, this, this is like a high point of you've, you've built this. You get blessed with this opportunity. All eyes are on you. Right. But, it, yeah. And then on, on the exact <laughs> opposite side. I'm like, like <laughs> it's not like I'm about to come through a, and pop this moment, bottle. We're like, here, but. Yeah. yeah. Like, it's a big moment, but I can't come in there popping <laughs> bottles. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm easy. What's up? Like, yo, let, me take that let me get that I Corona, that, bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know yeah. what I mean? Yo, you want to like, drink? Actually, yeah, yeah I do. Or it's like, you know, <laughs> milk. Yeah, like, Can I get know, a meal, too? Yeah, my boys, they, they promote the club. So it's like, here's some drink tickets. But, yeah. like, I'm not in there like, yo, I'm it's like, thanks. Hey. <laughs> you know, For like, real. people coming up like, yo, I was on the site today. I saw, yo, that's big, dog. And I'm like. <laughs> you know, like I'm like, yo, thanks. You know, it's humbling, it's dope. But like in the back of my head, I'm like, yeah, this means nothing financially. Yeah, can, you know. Can, can I ask you real quick, like, what kept you going mm. um, up? Like, the massive persistence you had to have, and 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 consistency, mm-hmm. and going and going and going and without grit, bro. without getting yeah. any return, without being like the through the competition, through all that day in day out keep doing it without a penny in sight coming back your way it was love really like it was love and it, it was a creative outlet for me and it just felt like to me it just always felt bigger than me mm. and like i've never i think my brother and a couple other people know what the actual there's an actual metaphor for easy street um and what the blog was to kind of be besides just a platform. So easy street was essentially my block. Right. Mm. Um, so through high school, college, I was always like the guy who knew about the shoes, knew like this inside information or like was on new music or, you know, knew someone that could get the new music to me or whatever. Um, so those are always like the interests. So on one side of it, the site was kind of like this digital, I guess, version of me, mm. per se. Like, because it was all my interest, but I was presenting, I was sharing those interests <coughs> with the world. Yeah, yeah. But the interests were coming from a place of, I'm born and raised in Los Angeles. And even if no one's listening right now, I just want to be a voice mm. for that. Absolutely. It's not for me to be the man. It's not for me to be seen as like yo, that's that guy. It's more like, no, I just want to, at the very least, be able to speak or at least put my city, my community in front so you can hear them. And then on the other side of it was, by being that block, Easy Street was sort of like this street that ran through a community. Mm -hmm. And the community was those artists, those DJs, those producers, those stores, those restaurants, and basically it was Los Angeles online. Yeah. And it was a place where those people could come together, even if you're not coming together tangibly, 
you can find a way. Yeah, you know what sure. I mean? So it's like there were producers who were making beat tapes that were sending me shit, and then artists who needed beats were going on there like, yo, I saw that producer, da 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 I had to reach out to him, yeah. you know, or the producer would see something like, oh, I seen this dude rapping over all of this shit. I want to see what he sounds like over my shit. Or I saw you had a Twitter link, so I just hit him up on Twitter like, yo, can I send you some beats? Mm. And that just kind of came the thing. And that's to me, was bigger than who am I? Yeah. You know, it was more like, yo, this is you what. You want to conduit. Yeah, it was like, this is what is going on in Los Angeles. And a lot of that stuff was overlapping. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Crooks and Castles sponsored Diz's first mixtape. You know what I mean? Like if you were on Fairfax and walked into the hundreds, you probably run into Dom. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you could easily just bump into Thurs on Market Street in Inglewood. Yeah. You know, or like anything. Yeah. You know, even like for Nipsey Hustle. I met him in 09 in front of the wing stop on Crenshaw and Coliseum or third by, by the house. Me and my cousin pull up, we're playing his shit. And my cousin is like, yeah, here goes some dude. He looking like Nipsey right now. And then we get closer, we're like, bro, <laughs> that's fucking Nipsey. You know what I mean? And Nipsey wasn't where he is now, but locally he was already a star because sure. there was just something about him that spoke to anyone who kind of grew up in LA, especially like inner city. Yeah. Like, I mean, the first song when he tells you what gang he's from, if you grew up in inner city, you knew that gang. For better or for worse. Yeah. So for someone to come on a song and blatantly tell you, like, that's where I'm from, everyone was like, he can't, this can't be a joke. Like, you can't just <laughs> yell that name out on a song. You cannot. You can't just yell that gang out on a song and be like, oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> like, <laughs> Not there's a lot all. of repercussions for that. Yeah. You know, so, and just like the way he talked, the way he moved, like, even if you weren't a gang member, you probably knew someone who talked and walk just that way. So he's like, I know where you're coming from. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it was authentic. Yeah. And like, for me, I had friends of family that were like, babysit me when my mom was teaching and like, yo, you, there's no after school for you just to be hanging out at. They lived over there where Nipsey talking about. Like I was on Hyde Park and Fifth Ave, 60th street by the train track. So it's like, if I had spent more time with that side of the family as I got older, there's a good chance I probably would have met Nip, (laughs) you know, or anything like that. So, you know, I was over there and then also where I grew up and it's like, yo, he's right around the corner from where I go all the time for Wingstop. And then him just like, yo, you playing my shit. So he comes up, says, what's up? Like I told him about the site. He's like, yo, give your info, you know, to my boy, Mm -hmm. Adam, who's like his right hand man. And nothing came of that per se where he would, anyone was sending me his material. Yeah. But I mean, it's, it's the internet, so it's easy to find. So like, Absolutely. as a support, it's like, all right, if it goes up on On Smash or something, or he tweets it out, it's simple. Okay, pull a picture, <laughs> put yeah, it up. Um, but like, whenever I saw him, it was always love. Like, yeah. still to this day, like you know, I bump into him. Like, and I was gonna say back then, like we might be somewhere. I remember Chris was like recording, and he went to the Seven Eleven on Slauson. Bumps in the nip. Nip was like, what's up, bro? <laughs> like, <laughs> because we were all already seeing each other at all these like hip hop events and everything. So it's yeah. like, even if I don't know you by name, absolutely, I know you by face, yeah. whatever, whatever. And it's like, I think it was two summers ago when Nip did like the Nike thing with Undefeated. Like, mm-hmm. you know, my homegirls at Nike, Kristen, mm-hmm. that I met through you and I. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then we ended up, we'll get to that chapter, working together. But we were in there. She was like, "No, nah, I got a pair of shoes for you. 
because I helped with some stuff on that. And they were like, and I was like, I just want to take some pictures of the setup, whatever, whatever. And then before I left, like I ran to somebody they were like, nah, uh, nip on his way. Like, just stay put. So we were talking. He's like, yo, he's like, you know, I've really seen you since day one. And I was yeah. like, bro, we met at Wingstop. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like, if you were to run into nip and be like, yo, easy speaks highly of you, you'd probably be like, oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, when I see him by face, it's never Absolutely. been like, yeah. yo, you know, and I think that's been a thing too, is like catching a lot of these people before they got that win. Like I met Cole when he did his first LA show. He Jeez. did it at LMU. I think, uh, yeah, you and I was the headliner because Thurs yeah. put that show on yeah. and they did like a whole cypher session in the middle. And in that cypher, you had Curtains, J. Cole, <laughs> Sean Christopher. Wow. Uh, my brother was there. You had uh, cats from uh, it was a the crew label language arts and um, sticks. <laughs> um, like there's so many to name. Like yeah. it was an auditorium stage, and they were from end to end. And I recorded it. Like I had a section where it was like I think it was my brother, Sean, Chris, Cole. And then, like, I put it up, like, two dope boys, they put it up, and people were like, yo, like, well, where was this? You know, what man. what was this? Um, and Cole went to school with the homie Matt, Matt McNeil. He works with Dreamville now. He handles, like, Kaz. Couple of, like, I met him through Chris and some people that Chris went to LMU with. Wow. So, like, you know, he's been around as well. So he had told me and my brother about, he had told us about Big Sean, Drake, Cole, couple other cats like yo i know y'all like music like check this out y'all know you started the site like check this out yeah so we were telling cole like yo we listen to you. he's like motherfuckers in la listen to my shit and i'm like bro we were just listening to the shit on like pulled up the ipod like and we were we showed him it was a uh, i think the come up was like his first wow. mixtape like not the warm-up yeah. like and he was like yo y'all really listen to my shit <laughs> like that's crazy like so and then you had that so like i would see cole when he like kind of moved out here i'd see him guys and dolls and all that kind of shit he seemed like yo what's up man like how's your brother like shit like that or like crazy. chris was like yo i saw cole he asked how you was doing like even if he couldn't remember the name it's like yeah. yo and then you know i met the dreamville crew and all that kind of stuff so they're like all these different things so oh nine was kind of moving because i was like finally putting faces mm. with the names mm -hmm. and vice versa and that was just what was here yeah so 2009 i did the best of i did a couple other like i guess you call it series that i started putting together on the site so there was like different types of content that people could expect so 2010 it was like all right <clears throat> let's go but by the beginning of 2010 everything on the personal side of like was gone wow so what do you what do you mean like the freelance work wasn't coming in mm -hmm. the contracts were over so i was just kind of like um all right <laughs> like <You're> popping blog <laughs> yeah but else. so like i'm still doing that like every now and then some money comes in from the blog so like certain bills we pay but it was like at times where the phone was off <laughs> it was Fox. like or you just wait for the wi-fi like yeah yeah everything's fine man, man even at that though like <laughs> What was what was what was your your mental state in that point? Not not in terms of like it was mental health, but just right, no. more in terms of like it was back in mind. It was back and forth because it's like you're doing something that felt bigger than you, so it felt like there was a purpose to it. Yeah, that's what it's like being in a band. Yeah, so it's like all right, well, you know, happen. and I've always been like I guess you call it like the team player. So I'm like, no, this is this is moving. It'll probably lead 
to something like I'm doing like this other stuff will come back like because yeah. I'm still looking at stuff I'm still yeah. like reaching out it's just things aren't coming in as fast but in hindsight when I look back it was like there was really nothing there like <laughs> at the time you're like it'll pick back up whatever whatever right. but then you fast forward and you look back and you're like yo that was like a whole three four months where nothing was coming in like no bro it's not picking up <laughs> like it died but in the moment you have so much belief in yeah, and the faith is there yeah. faith it's like that that's what it, that's it's literally only one away yeah that's like, only one away right yeah. you never know what it'll be and, so and the 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 crazy part though about that with anything whether you're like building a company whether you're in a band or it's like it starts to get like the longer you're in it the bigger it gets <laughs> yeah so you like you're like I can't I can't back out now because right. like we're already here and if we just get here right it's it's like kind of like curse about it for sure like right. you almost go too far <laughs> mm -hmm. where like you can't just turn back anymore yeah. you know and so like so I was I was <laughs> neck deep in it like I mean at that point you might have underwater you know like yeah. I'm swimming through it at this point um and then South by Southwest was coming around and I was like. Well, regardless of anything, I'm, I don't think I'm going to look into any other move until I do South by Southwest. Like, some just said, you got to go to South by Southwest. And, you know, I think Prez have been talking about it. My brother wanted to go. Like, we were strategizing. Like, my boy, he was, like, done with film school, kind of working, but not really doing what he And he was like, yo, I just want to shoot for you kind of thing. And then, like, he had talked to Prez about shooting. So, it was like, look, we just going to mob out. <laughs> to Texas, we're gonna drive this drive, you got the SUV, we're gonna go. Mm. Like I had I had cards, whatever, I'm like, you know, network, meet some people, we'll figure it out. Yeah. Like, you know, I figured out a budget, I had some money that I had to decide. I was like, all right, well, if this is all it will take to do that, and then our boy's like, look, I got access to all the spots that are uh, open bar, so you ain't gotta worry about paying for drinks. I know a bunch <laughs> of spots where they just give you food. So he's like, we basically aren't gonna have to pay for any of that type, like on a late night snacks or something, like you might need a little something, like yeah. this dollar man, like, like, you know. So it was almost to a point where I felt like that starving artist on the road. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, for real. like, it was like, I'm not the talent, but we're all basically living the same, <laughs> the same thing. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's like six, seven of us in this room, yeah. like whatever it is. So we, you know, we get out there and there were people I had talked to through email or Twitter and South by was so dope because especially that I year. was yeah I was really putting names to faces that weren't local mm. like I'm out there and I'm meeting people from Atlanta's underground scene because one of the people that secured us the room was key she manages 21 now wow and key key was like one wow. of those people like I mean she was probably a little more entrenched because she was doing like artist management and shit like that because um, she was managing the homie Grip Plies at the time, R.I.P. to Grip. That was like a staple in Atlanta. Um, so she was handling that. She kind of worked out the room situation. I met Sean Fallion, who had been like posting his music. We had been talking on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Never met. Like he was from Philly, but moved down to Atlanta. So he was entrenched in that scene. Met Key. Through Key, I met uh, this cat. Young scholar, he was from Detroit, but he was messing with a lot of people in in different places. And they're like, "Yo, you posting my shit?" Or like, "Yo, you posting my boy shit?" Yo, you're easy, like, "Oh shit!" Like, "Yo, take my shit." Da -da -da -da. You know, different rap. Like, "Yo, I'm meeting a, like a lot of people from the blog world that I'd only known." They're like, "Yo, you easy? So you do all this shit by yourself?" Yo, fam, that's dope. Awesome. Like, me and Ashley have been talking for like every day 
on Twitter and social, like texting, because she was asking me stuff because she was just starting. So that was the first time we met. So we were like, yo, we about to go to the show because um, I forget who was performing that we went to go for. I think Grip was performing and I think Gibbs was performing. And mm. Gibbs and Prez were like close. And J-Rock was on the bill. Wow. And he brought out Kendrick. Mm. So me and Ashley together met Kendrick and Dave that night. And David actually started sending me emails because, like, they were getting rid of, like, their publicists at the time. They used to send me all this shit. So it's like, all right, so in this span, I've officially met Freddie. I met Grip finally. I met Kendrick. I met Rock. I met Dave. Pivotal. All right, cool. And then, like, yo, and then, like, Dave's like, yo, I do be sending you shit. Yeah, I recognize it. Okay, cool. Da-da-da-da. So, like, you know, we're there. And then, <coughs> like, 2010 was, like, a transition period for South by. Like to it me, really that was. was the last time that, that it was wasn't corporately yeah. influenced. Yes. Like you Facts. could see the money coming in, yeah. but there was still so much like s- discovery to it still. Yes. Yeah. It's, and it kind of mirrored how the blogs were at the time. Mm. Like the blogs were very like, it was very self-discovery. Like I might go to 10 blogs and find 10 different things. Yeah, and, and it's like a music festival. Yeah, and it was like, the unofficial events at South by were just as dope as the official. Absolutely. So you didn't have to have a band to go. It was like, yo, this shit sound cool. Who's in here? You know, so that was cool. And then, you know, as I started seeing that, you know, there were different tiffs at home and Anoush could speak to it. And I remember pulling a bunch of people to the side and just being like, yo, there's money out there for the city. There's a lot of people looking at us. So whatever we got at home, leave that shit at home. Yeah. I was like, we got to support each other while we're here. And, you know, people were like, all right, you know, because there are definitely people I was close with on different sides and yeah. different beasts. And I was just like, not here. Yeah. Like, let's not do that here. Yeah. I was like, so if somebody from L.A. got a show and we ain't got nothing to do, we mob into the show. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Nice. Like, we going to fucking show love, whatever, whatever. And if we got to go home and y'all got to catch a fade on the corner, yeah. so be it. But while yeah. we here... Yeah. LA is together. It's yeah. bigger than us. Yeah, it's, and, that, and that's what it was. So, like, yeah. everything has always felt like it's bigger than that. Yeah. And, like, I tell people all the time, it's like some I look at, it's like no one person will ever be bigger than the culture. No. Like, no, no player is ever bigger than the game. No. You know? So. That's a bar. To me, I was like, yo, we got to fucking, <laughs> we got to do this. So, I remember it was a show, and it was mainly all Chicago people and because it was like the different days were based on different sections but there was no like west coast Mm. so for the midwest they asked Dom and Pac Div to perform just because they were cool with a lot of different people in the midwest so you know a lot of us that were out there didn't have any shows or anything affiliated at the time so I was like let's go to that show so we mobbed over there we came in like it was probably 20 deep Mm. We took a back corner. We were there. Pac Div came out, did they shit. We standing on couches. We yelling. Yeah. We, we just reciting the words. They did mayor. We doing the dance. Everyone's like, yo, these West Coast motherfuckers is turned up. Yeah. Okay, all right. You know, Dom comes out. He's doing a lot of new shit. So, like, we didn't know the words, but it was just like, yo, we just going to yell. We going to, yeah. you know, and they like, yo, you LA niggas is wilding. <laughs> like this is, yo, yo, LA is out here. We fuck with y'all heavy. <laughs> so, you know, and then they were like, yo. And then I remember the homies from Atlanta were doing a show and Grip had a song 
that like we all fucked with. And then he had been recording some shit with like Prez, Chris, and he was like, yo, y'all come out and do that shit after I do that shit. So we in there, we turned up, everybody jumping around. Like, I gotta find all that footage because yes, it's, <laughs> it's somewhere. So they wilding out and they like, yo, you West Coast niggas, we thought y'all was Hollywood, like y'all out here, like you, yeah. we love it. Like, yo, come fuck with us at this show just because your energy is yeah. like, so it's like here. So then that one night, we all, everyone ran into each other. We on 6th Street. It was like the busiest night because it was also St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. So TDE is there. You and I, yep. Scheme. And that's when like their crew was also, it was like Scheme, Light, yep. Sire. Yeah. Um, that was a night the night Scheme randomly fucking, this motherfucker so cold. He's like, I need to buy a sweater. This motherfucker bought a, a, a University <laughs> of Texas sweater yeah. and threw that shit out the next day. <laughs> yeah. Like this awesome light shit. Yeah. And it was like... <laughs> Uh, like day one was out there, Jan Sport J, <coughs> like just a bunch of folks, and like we're all there. We just started mobbing up Sixth Street. Yeah, Sean, Chris, I think uh, Raven might have been with us for a minute because she was rapping then. Um, that shit was like, insane. Yeah, you looked at, and then Yo was out there with Sebastian. Yeah, so he already got the big ass yeah, fucking lifestyle tiger. tiger. And then we just bought up LA, everybody on our LA hats. Everybody's wearing shit because, you know, everyone's out there. So, like, all these, like, streetwear brands are like, yo, here. So, like, I know because my brother had gone on tour with Sean Chris. So, like, Brock, when he was over at Diamond, he had gave my brother, like, Diamond shit to wear for the, the tour. And then, you know, folks were wearing, like, I Am King, you know, Scheme had his connection directly with Nick Diamond. So, he yeah. was out there with Diamond shit on. So, it's like, it's... All this shit from LA, and we're just, yo, 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 oh, hey, this look, let's walk in there. So we was in some shit, and it's like Kendrick, Rock, yeah. Ali, fucking, I think Dave was there, a couple other folks. Like, we're all there. We're like, all right, fuck it. But what next? All right, let's walk over to this. It's some bar. It looked like they partying, was going there. And it's like, yo, these LA motherfuckers is walking like 20, 30 deep we up and down the street. There, but like, Having fun, like running yeah. into other artists, like, oh, what's up? That's so and so. What up, man? How you doing? Yeah, you know, we got LA with us. Like, oh, shit, I see you, LA folks. All right, cool. Dude. And when we came, and like, I remember I started a hashtag. <laughs> it was South by LA. Because <laughs> we, had, we had found out that so many people were all going. Yes. So it was like, Everyone's tweeting and it's yes. like, yo, I ran into so-and-so, yes. SXLA, SXLA. And it was just like everywhere. And then <coughs> like it was dope. So when we came home, there were all these people like starting to email all the homies like, yo, man, good meeting you. And yeah. da, 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 da. and like, so it was crazy, but that was 2010. And then, you know, also in 2010, you started seeing like TDE was like rising. Yes. Dom was getting a lot of notoriety. You know, I think the rift with you and I kind of started, but yeah. like, so there was a lot of things. Everybody was rising at that yeah. point, though. Like, every, yeah, no, everyone was moving, but it was, you know, it was crazy because it was like you and I was going up, but then yeah. at the same time, like internally, yeah, you know, for those different reasons. And it was just like, but the thing was, it was like, yo, I told y'all South Dubai was going to be big. And yeah. when we came home, it was like, yo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That really was, you know, oh, and so that started moving and it was like, you know, you started hearing chatter from the labels like, yo, L.A. got a lot of things going on, <laughs> you know, um, and when you're in the mix of it, like you say, like you don't realize it, right, you know, right. now fast forward years later, like I'm talking to people like, you know, Tunji's over 
And he's like, man, he was like, you was ahead of shit. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, what me? He was like, no, he was like, that site. He was like, and then I was finding out later, like people who were interning at labels, they were like, yo, they were going on your shit mm. to find LA artists. Like my boy Clash, he works with Rochelle Jordan, mm. but he's from Virginia. She's from Toronto. <laughs> and then he came out here that he had worked on some, like a remix for Jay Davey. They fucked with it. Spinelec introduced us. And Clash said when he moved out here, Spin was like, you got to meet Easy." And he was like, this is site. And he was like, yo, I was going on there because I was looking for local people to work with. So it was like, this is where all the LA motherfuckers are. And like, I started hearing those stories like later. So, you know, back, you know, in that era, like that's probably why it felt like it was a bigger purpose because there were things happening. It's just monetarily, it wasn't there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm doing that, doing that. And then it's getting to a point where it's like, Yo, it's real. It's no real money coming in. Like, mm. you going to shows? Like, that's gas money. You yeah. got, you got to do this. You got to do that. Like, where's the money coming from? Where yeah. at least when I started, there was like some kind of backbone where it's like, all right, if I gotta go, I can do that. Right. So I'm like, fuck. Like, you're an adult. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, damn. at the end of the day, you're an adult too. Yeah. Like, damn. it's different when you're like 19. It's yeah. like, all right, but I'm like, yo, you know, you you aging. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. I think when I did, I want to say that was my 30th birthday. That was Gemini shit one. Um, and that was because Mibs from Pac-Div was born the day before me. So mm. we had been talking like, yo, what? Like, what can we do? Kind of thing, you know, like, like celebrate our birthdays. Our shit's like a day apart. Like yeah. we always vibe. And I was like, let's just fucking have a party. All right, cool. We'll just invite some homies. Like, we'll find a pool in summertime. And then, for whatever reason, I don't know what it was. Like, I was just like, Gemini shit. Hashtagged it, made a flyer. It was like, half Mib's face, half mine. It was like, all right, cool. And everyone's like, oh. <laughs> and then I was like, you know, because at that time, I started kind of like figuring out Twitter, or just like doing experimenting shit on Twitter because yeah. I was so entrenched in it where when it first got it i was like what the fuck do i want to use twitter for right, right, right. and now i'm like at the point where I'm like wake up twitter go to sleep <laughs> yeah. twitter and i think that was 09 2010 i got well i won't say i because it was definitely like a communal thing but we got floss angeles to trend on twitter mm. and that was <clears throat> so floss angeles was a song was like on some DJ Khaled, you know, multiple artists. Some Prez wanted to do some songs like that. Did Los Angeles, six rappers, different verses, three verses, two rappers per verse, shot a video, um, kind of came together, video treatment. We talked about getting a streetwear sponsor. We got exhibition involved. They gave us products and then I helped organize like it was like a four store tour. Like we just hit up like folks we knew, like, all right, you know somebody at that store in West Covina. All right, well, we fuck with Jansport. He's out there, he can introduce us. My homeboy got the spot right on Pico. Then the other homie has his spot in Westlake. I went to college with him, then his partner knows Prez real well. Mm-hmm. And then we had this forgot what the uh the four store was. And it was like, All right, well, what if we print up this many shirts? We'll put, you know, we'll divide it up, put these shirts in the stores. We'll do an in-store. They'll perform, get people out, buy the shirt. Everybody was Mm -hmm. like, all right. So when we did the video, we were like, what can we do to, like, Mm 
get people talking about it. It's like, I don't know. And it just kind of ha- happened organically. Like, as much as people say that, yeah. like, it had, like, we just started tweeting, like, Los Angeles type of shit. Like, oh, you know, like, when Fedco used to be on on, ro- on rodeo. Yeah. I mean, like, stuff like that. Like, yeah, Los yeah, Angeles. Yeah. Like, oh, you know, when you pull up to the club in a Range Rover and then you got to go home to that <laughs> that one-room apartment with six other people. And it, was like, Los An- but like, it was, like, all these different levels. And then, like, people just started jumping in. So it was, like, Diz jumped in. And, like, not just the people on the song, but other people yeah. were, like, yo. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then you look up and it was, like, yo, we're trending. You know? And, like, we went – we were trending number one in L.A., and I think it got to as high as three or five in the U.S. at one time. And someone at MySpace noticed it. Wow. And so they asked them to come in. And, like, so we went to the MySpace office. Like, they performed it live. They live streamed it. It was DJ Buddy TV. Um, so, like, that was dope. So it was, like, all this stuff happening where it was, like, yo, this is cool. And I'm learning different shit. But, you know, in the background, I'm, like, still. Yeah, I guess it's going to be a dollar cheeseburger again tonight. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that just takes a le- just by the way, that just takes like a level of stamina, man. For real. Just like just to be in that place for so long. Yeah. While you're enjoying things that are actually becoming successful. Right. But not like monetarily. Yeah. yeah. So it's crazy. Man. Then it got to November of that year and I had a really like. Well, maybe a little bit before that. I had to really start bucking, like, all right, I got to figure this out. Like, I got to find some kind of job. And I was like, the blog shit's easy. Like, you can still do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, November 2010, I started at a cashmere agency, mm-hmm. Snoop's Marketing Company. So, and that was interesting because people I had met were working there, like Jasmine she was over there. She had like her radio show with uh Terry up at Pepperdine. She had a site, like she had helped do some events. Like we did some shit for Fat Beats before they closed. Yeah. Um, and then Kristen that I met through you and I, mm. she was on the PR team. But while she was there, when she first started there, she was sending me a lot of their content for me to post on my site. Wow. So and then I guess one of the head people in marketing when my resume or whatever came through there, you know, I guess they did some cyber stalking. Saw my Facebook and she's like, yo, any of y'all know him? And then Jasmine happened to be in the office. She's like, yo, that's the homie easy. Like, yeah, yeah he cool. And he's like, all right, whatever. And he's like, it's not up to me, but you know, they're supposed to have him come in and interview. So I brought in my portfolio and he's looking through the stuff and he sees something and VP sing. And he's like, wait a minute, you worked on this? And it was a project I helped do when I was working with Jaime. Mm. And I was like, yeah, I was working with uh, my boy Jaime. And, you know, they said they needed this. And he was like, yo, I know Jaime. And then we get to talk and he's like, yeah, so, you know, at the time, Taryn was working with us because I've known Taryn for a minute. I was like, yeah, Taryn brought the project to us. And he's just like, so you did this. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, okay and then like he's looking through some other stuff and he's like oh and i was like yeah and then we got to talking about like the internet and digital and shit like that <coughs> so he was like picking my brain on that and i was like yeah i was like actually i'm familiar <coughs> with the company because Kristen sends me like your content all the time and then i told him so he was like you run easy street <laughs> and i was like yeah and he was yeah. like i'm easy he's like you know you seem to pretty much know 
how a lot of this kind of stuff operates. <laughs> so, I mean, there's a good chance that you can probably get this position. I just, you know, need to make sure that the department that's actually going to bring you in is okay with everything. And I'm just like, all right. So I went in, talked to her. She's like, yeah, Jasmine already vouched for you, but I just, I want to fill you out. I'm like, all right. So we started talking, we vibe. She's like, you from LA? Cause she was from LA. She's like, okay, so you kind of know what's going on. Yeah. And then besides design with this other stuff, you seem to like have a good nose on other shit as far as like, digital and marketing like yeah, yeah. all right well we'll be in touch and like next week said everything was a go went in started there um about a, two months in the dude that i was kind of brought in to help got fired wow and at the end of the year so that was the next month december the guy like the guy's helping it was a video graphic department but the one guy handled most of the video, the dude handled most of like the design stuff. So he's gone, and then this dude's leaving at the end of the year to start his own company. And then it's like, well, it's just you and the intern. <laughs> wow. So because of that, then I started having way more shit to do yeah, for work, man. which was fine. But then the blog started falling off mm. at that point. <laughs> so, you know, you get into this point where it's like, that balance isn't always going to be there. Like, Absolutely. you know, you, you always think work, you know, work life balance and whatever it is. But at the same time, that was like another job. And yeah. then, you know, you get to a point where it's like, you get home. It's like, I've been looking at the computer all day. Yeah. The last thing I want to do is go sit on, or, you know, it's like, that shit came out eight hours ago. Like, right. you can't. are you, and that was the point where it's like, who can do it first? Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. For it sure. wasn't really about, what the content was or what the spin, everyone was just trying to get it up first. Like, yeah, 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 yo, yeah. I got the song first. No, I got it first. It's like, <laughs> yo, they sent the email to all of you. Like, so there was that. And then it just kind of like, all right, less and less. And then, you know, there was certain stuff that were like, yo, we want you to pr premiere this Snoop song. Like, all right, cool. But it wasn't the same because the site wasn't having the same yeah, was consistency. Right, right, but right. on the work front, Things were moving because it was like, all right, now I'm pretty much in charge of this department. Mm -hmm. yeah. They wanted to start expanding the department. They're like, all right, well, you, hey, you want us to hire the intern? I'm like, yo, the intern's fucking dope. Like, bring her in. So we do that. And then fast forward, South by Southwest 2011. So they're like, you familiar with South by? Like, I made the whole, like, pitch deck. We did the whole partnership with Vibe. They're like, yo, you worked on it. We want you out there because, like, you just, you get it. Yeah. So I'm out there, and that year... Cashmere did a fucking four day event with Vibe. And that shit was crazy. Like, there was shit like, yo, we got to change this poster. Can you walk to Kinko's? And it's like, so I'm walking to Kinko's. Like, I'm up there doing this. And they're like, yo, we got this shit going on at home. Can you? I'm like, yo, y'all know I'm in Austin. Like, I'm with the execs. Like, well, you know, they're going to be, I'm like, I don't think the execs are going to be mad at me if this shit doesn't get done because I'm helping them do this. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So, exactly. Like, there was that, but, and this was the year Nate Dog died. Wow. So, that was the show. We did the very final show of the four days was the Respect the West. And, you know, that was a crazy four days because I had the video guy. And then we were also taking photos. Some photos I took just to help. And then he was taking photos and video. Yeah. But I was almost like, in a sense, creative directing. Yeah. And because I knew artists, I was helping our PR person. Like, yo, all right, if you see an artist come through, like, 
can you let them know where the green room is? And then where the green room is, we got like the sponsor stuff. So like they're supposed to get stuff. Or if I'm handling this interview, can you just kind of like, yeah, like whatever, whatever you need. Because sure. I was like, I know Casey. So if Casey walks through the door, I ain't got no problem talking to Casey. Yeah. Like it's whatever, you know, we're like, oh, so-and-so. Yeah, I know it's publicist. Like, yeah, everything's good. Like it's so, all aligning. Yeah. So we're doing that. But it was like crazy because we do that. The show might end at two o'clock. Then we have to go back to the room. So my boy's going through the footage. He's trying to cut it up. I'm going through all the photos, making sure like the photos are right. Like, okay, we can use this because they need X amount of photos per artist that perform. These are full on showcases where you're getting 12, 20 acts yeah. a night. They might bring out a guest and you got to have that moment. So it's like, I'm texting, yo, so-and-so is about to bring so-and-so out. I need you to the stage. Yeah. Like, yo, fuck the B-roll for the yeah. for the little red carpet interview. Yeah. I need you to the stage kind of shit. So, you know, we're going back and forth doing that. And it's like, then we get back to the hotel, do that because Vibe needed that shit to post in the morning New yeah. York time. So it's like, we're up to like 3, 2.30, 3 o'clock, making sure they get that, then go to sleep, then wake up. And have to set up the venue all over again. And it was just like, yo. And then one of the days, there was a day and a night. And we were just like, (coughs) I don't know how we're doing this. (laughs) So, you know, the last night was ill. I mean, at first it wasn't, you know, because Nate Dogg and all of them, like, that was family for them. So, like, Snoop was in a bad position, you know, mentally. Like, he had to be out there for certain stuff. We didn't have him on the bill we wanted him to like be a surprise. The headliners were Dog Pound and Warren G, which yeah. is still yeah. it's Nate Dog. You yeah. know, they had all gone to the funeral, I think, a week before. So, you know, and then it's a lot of a lot of things going on because South by there's so much talent and the artists don't want to leave. Snoop's a different level. Like yeah. Snoop and Dre coming to shit, like you gotta get out. Yeah. You know, so they're like, yo, clear the green green room and artists yeah. like, Yo, I've been here all day and it's like Get out the fucking green room. <laughs> like, you know, I know y'all been partying, but look, go in there. We'll give you drinks. But like, go in there. Like, you know, tempers flaring, whatever, whatever. But for respect to West, it was dope because backstage, all those same folks that we were in South by with in 2010 are now there, like, rocking on an official show. You know what I mean? Like, Toronto Ale Mario back there. Y.O.'s back there. You know, um, Sean, Chris. Prez, everybody, because also, like, some of these people are the homies. So it's like, if you're not performing, me or Jazz is like, yo, take this wristband. Like, (laughs) come through. Like, (laughs) whatever, whatever. So everyone's back there, and it's like, you're seeing the West all over again. Everyone's like, yo, and everyone's supporting each other, too. Where it's like, yo, Kendrick about to rock? No, we we out there. (laughs) Like, come on. You know, so um, I remember he got there late. I had to sneak my brother in because it was, like, capacity. So I he had to come through the back door with me and right right when we go on Kendrick's going on mm-hmm. and he was doing um Michael Jordan and that was going crazy in this city so yeah. Chris was, I was like you got to come up on stage with me at first before I can <clears throat> see like all right so I'm talking to Dave or whatever and then like shit comes on and Chris like so we all out like in the back like man fuck this <laughs> like yeah. this is the shit and we see all the homies in the crowd like so it's like yo it was almost like homecoming you know I mean you think from 2010. 2011 and now we have someone from the city that's headlining yeah a day where it's this is fucking great um so fast forward dog pound and them they're going they're out there 
and everyone's like, yo, this is like my childhood. But you could still tell like something's wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like even when they walked up there, like I had seen corrupt multiple times mm. and like corrupt kind of like, you know, when he sees, oh, what's up, killer? What's up, gangster? You know, yeah. shit like that. <laughs> you know, like usual corrupt. <laughs> he just kind of like, and I had on like a Crenshaw hoodie and he walks past. He's just like, what's up, fool? And yeah. I'm just like, mm-hmm. and you know, Daz is kind of like, he's not speaking. Snoop is usually like the life of the party. He just come in. He's just like, yeah. you know, so we had to get everyone out of there. So they're all in there. So they come out, you know, they're grooving. They're like, oh, we doing this for Nate Dog, But like, something's just missing. So whatever went on in the back, the big homie basically like showed Snoop what was going on. And Snoop just kind of like, I got to be out there. And, you know, whatever it was, he got up, went out there, and, like, the energy just went up. Through like, the, the whole rest. So, it's like, we in there. I'm, like, crib walking. <laughs> J-Rock's blood walking. The other homies <laughs> doing shit. Kendrick over there laughing at everybody. Like, the whole West Coast. There's, like, yo, this is, like, high school on stage. Yeah. And it's, like, and it's sad because Nate Dogg was gone. But it was, like, you could tell that they were doing it yeah. for him. So, like, for us, like, everyone there is, like, yo, it's Snoop. So regardless of what city they're from, they're, but like for people that were there from the West Coast, we were just like, this is like one of those moments, bro. Mm, absolutely. Like, <laughs> this is great. We all went home that night like, dog, we saw that. And it's yeah. like the timing of it was, it was crazy. And it was like, I remember, I think while we were getting the video for that shit, I was like, Y'all already had this in my drafts for my site. <laughs> so, so as soon as Vibe says it's a go, five minutes later on posting. Because I was like, that was just. Absolutely. It was a moment. So, you know, fast forward. So I'm at, I'm at Kashmir up until like March 2013. Um, so like I'm working in that. We're doing all the music stuff. Um, and then like at the end of 2012, there's like a new content platform they wanted to do. Um, so they kind of moved me into that. So it was kind of like I was doing the blog all over again, but it was a different <clears throat> angle. It was like the whole, <clears throat> it's like multiculturalism and, you know, mixed backgrounds and diversity and how that plays into the marketplace. And Absolutely. How these brands are changing up stuff. So it's like, all right. I came from, so it was like coming up with content ideas and then you have to run all the socials and align with, and by that time there's so much different social shit. Like there's Instagram, there's Snapchat, there's Pinterest. And then it's like, and I think a lot of people didn't understand how running a site like that is a full-time job. (laughs) I did, but they didn't. And they didn't kind of move as fast as they wanted. So it got to the point they had to cut budgets. So I got let go. So... I'm like, okay, we're back at this. <laughs> like, all right. But it was kind of that time too because, you know, I never probably subscribed to it. But as you get older, like when people say when you put certain energy out there. Yeah. And I was like kind of at that point where I was like, mm. I don't know if I want to be here anymore. Yeah. You know mm. what I mean? Because I felt stagnant as yeah. far as like, like there wasn't a new position that I was going to mm-hmm. take. There wasn't a raise on the yeah. horizon like not like anything substantial yeah and when you're looking at where you want to be personally i'm like i think i need to be making something more like this and mm-hmm. then, you know i need to so i was just like i think it was also a point where like personally i was already putting out like ah, fuck this, you know yeah. 
came to a point where it was like, well, <laughs> we're done here. Yeah. And it was like, I wasn't ready for that kind of mm. thing. Um, but like right before that happened, I went to South by like on my own. Like I took the days off, went out <coughs> there, networked a little. And when I got out there, I was like, this shit is different. Yeah. You know, now like Big just time. in that three year span, I was like, yo, this shit is different. And I was like, well, I'm still around with this shit. Now it's just a matter of what's the next steps. So month and a half after got laid off, ended up getting the job at Complex. Wow. So, and all of that comes, it was a networking thing, really. Like, my best friend hit me, we're like on Gchat, he's just like catching up, like, yo, man, what's, you know, how's everything, da 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 like, what are you, you know, it's like, what are you up to? And I was like, I'm actually updating my resume. <laughs> and he's wow. like, fuck you, like, just in the middle of the day? Like, yeah. what are you talking about? And I was like, well, I got laid off last week. And he mm. was like, what? <laughs> he was like, well, let me know when you, uh, finish that resume because actually I just talked to our homegirl so-and-so and she's about to quit complex but supposedly they're hiring designers and I was like good to know awesome. I was like because I'm actually doing this resume for a guy I met at Vibe oh, and we wow. met at South by and we were at a premiere like a screening and he's talking he's like yo I still want to fuck with you I want to work with you you know, I, I know that you're over at Cashmere, yeah. so I don't want them to feel like, um, you know, but like there's just different stuff Absolutely. that I saw from what you did at South by that year where it's just like, I fuck with you. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like, and I just, I don't know how we can work together, but I want to figure it out. So I was like, well, actually, bro, <laughs> I just got <laughs> laid off. Of you know, Actually, yeah, yeah. I was like, now. yeah, I was like, <laughs> I got laid off last week. I was like, it's just a lot of cashmere folks here because our homegirl is putting on the event. Got it. And then I was like, she works there now, but like she's doing this on the side for somebody. And he's like, word, call me tomorrow. So I called him. He's like, yo, get a resume together for me. Da -da -da. So I sent him the resume. And then he was like, yo, we don't have anything at Vibe, but. I know there's people looking, so just give me a couple of days. So he sends my resume, my best friend sends my resume to our friend, and then they both, within 30 minutes of each other, send my resume to my boss now. Wow. That's crazy. <laughs> and so he's, so he's looking, he's like, crazy. so I guess they hit me like right away. I was like <laughs> at lunch, so I didn't see the missed call, so I get like uh, an email from the homie of Vibe. He's like, yo, they're trying to contact you. Like... <laughs> And I was like, what? And I looked, I was like, oh, I do have a missed call. It's like a New York number. He's like, that's probably them. Like, call that number back. So I talked to him. <clears throat> we do like a phone interview. They're like, you know, how early can you start? And I'm like, well, it's my birthday next week. So I'm going to Miami. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, because I had like saved some money because I knew I was taking that trip yeah. before I'd even got laid off. So I was like, so I'm going there. I'm about to have a birthday out there. Like, Ashley already, she's two days after me so she was having something out there i was like yo we going to miami Fuck yeah it. like that's what, we, that's what we gonna do so they were like all right and i was like but that monday pretty much everyone is leaving and i just have a late flight so i'm just chilling like i'm on east coast time so if you want guys want to do this follow-up call whatever whatever so we did that it's like yo we like this um we're gonna send you something which is it was like a little i guess test yeah. or whatever like so if you can send that back to us, they're like, you get back tomorrow. If you can send that to us by like Thursday, send it back Wednesday. And they're like, you seem to know what the shit is. I was like, well, I had to make pitch decks and 
ad banners and all sorts of that shit <laughs> at my last job. And they're like, you want to start uh, next week? And I was like, I could start tomorrow if you want. And I was like, my vacation's over. Yeah. They're like, all right, well, Thursday. You know, so I started, I did a freelance there for about six months. And then I've been there in the design, marketing design department since. That's but incredible. It's like I'm there, but it's still digital. You know, yeah. and like when I got there, I started to understand a lot of the shit that I had no knowledge of when I was running my site. Like, mm. oh, this is how the ad network works. Mm. <laughs> so this is like what I should have been talking to them oh. about. You know what I mean? Or like, oh, like I can lay down guidelines of what type of shit I don't want advertised on my site. Had no idea. You wow. know what I mean? So it's like I could have been like, yo, I only want you to run tennis shoe and music content. You know, like don't send me a Target sale. Nobody that comes to my site yeah cares about i mean they might care about target yeah. they don't care about a target absolutely ad. Like they just right, go right. to target you it's know almost I mean? full circle at that yeah. point so you know then i started seeing also like how people were monetizing content where you start seeing i was like so this video was paid for by there it is oh okay <laughs> like no wonder this video's everywhere you know what i mean or like yeah seeing how they have a network where certain content happens like no wonder all the sites posted this at once because this is part of the agreement you yeah. know what i mean so it's like oh shit it's eye-opening now, now it starts to you know we're like now starting to understand different ways of like putting together content mm. and you know how that works digitally and things like that but even in that time of being there about four years four and a half years almost like seeing how much has changed in just that short span. Yeah, like absolutely. we saw things Seriously. change, you know, from say like 2003 to 2013, a lot of shit changed, but it was gradual yeah. where you look from 2013 to 2016 it's light speed. And then almost. 2016 is already 2018. And Crazy. you're like, yo, absolutely. Like for us, complex got bought almost two summers ago by Verizon Hearst. Yeah. And we were purchased or acquired as a video first platform because everyone's pivoting into video, video. Yeah, you know, or if it's not video, you have a podcast, mm. but there's probably a visual element. You know Absolutely. what I mean? Like right, right, you right. guys put out photos yeah. just so visually they can see, yo, they were really talking about some shit, <laughs> you know, or like they were into it. Or if you wanted to do something and put out video of the podcast later, absolutely, you could, yeah. you know, but it's not as simple as when we were blogging where it's just like some shit came out on the internet. Right. Like, <laughs> sure. like little Boom. post. Yeah. You know, For sure. Or even watching, like I was talking to my boy about it two weeks ago, the dumbing down of journalism. Absolutely. Mm. And that's why a podcast like this is so dope to me because we're talking about stories. Yeah. yeah. And nothing will ever trump a story mm. ever. Fact. Like, you know, there was oral history and no matter what happens, people want to know a story. It's just how to give it to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we all watch sports but there's something about that ex player that comes on and gives you like, yo, I remember when I was a rookie and fucking da 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 da. Yeah. Like, what? Like, yeah. that's crazy. Even though 
the internet will kind of microwave everything. Yeah. Or there's a lot of clickbait. Right. You know, there's no sure. substance. Um, so it's gone away from who can be the first to post something to who can put the craziest headline up yes. to yeah. get you. Yes. And, Opt in. Yeah. And yep. it's like you see stuff and it's like Rondo called Kobe an asshole. And then you read the article, which is only like three paragraphs. Yeah. And it's totally out of context because Rondo <laughs> says something like, Kobe's an asshole like me. And I love that about him. Yeah. But the headline makes <laughs> yeah. it sound like, yo, there's a beef? <laughs> like, yo, For when real. did they start beefing? Like, they were just at breakfast two For days real. ago. Yeah. So, and that's the thing that kind of like, I guess, hurts yeah. in a sense. Mm. And like, I've had people ask me like, so you going to do the blog again? Like, and I'm like, it's a hard question to answer. Yeah. Because when I look at the state of things, it's not the same. Yeah, and right. I don't know if that same passion will be there. Absolutely. You know what I mean? So for me, it's a lot of like people ask me like, so what's, I was like, I, I own it. Yeah. The dot com's not going anywhere. anywhere. Yeah. And for me, it's if I move back that direction, it's a matter of what's the presentation of it. Absolutely. Um, what's, what's the heart of the matter? Like it'll always still be, you know, about the city and that talent. Yeah. But now it's like <clears throat> in what, in what manner, yeah. you know, how do you tell that story? For sure. Cause like I've talked to like Dave from TDE, Thurs, um, Tehran, and they're like, the city has gotten to a point where everyone loves us. Yeah. But there's not many people who can speak on the city from a contextual standpoint. Absolutely. Like they're like you get people from New York or whatever who are like, yo, LA is so fucking great, man. They making all this great music, but won't come to Los Angeles and be entrenched in it. It's just yeah, like, right, right, right. are you gonna have a show at the Roxy? Okay, yeah. I'll come there. You want to go like to Earth Cafe yeah. after that and talk about the it? The culture has also changed in Los very. Angeles. You no, know what I'm very. saying? Like, and 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 I feel like even in music, like mm -hmm. we're we're in a very supremely di digital age, and also like the type of music that's being made. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, I have no opinion on whether it's good or bad because. It all Same. takes its form and it's cyclical, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like the little peeps <clears throat> and like all these, all, all these do little pumps and like all that <laughs> little peep, little pump, <laughs> little whoever, little whoever. Little you know whoever. I mean? There's a lot of littles out here, but <laughs> it's truly an era for the youth. You yeah. know what I'm saying, and like that 16, like 14 to yeah. 18 year olds yeah. that are coming on SoundCloud and popping up. Like last year, you were nobody. Mm -hmm. This year, you are skyrocketing to yeah. six million followers on and Instagram that, and all. Absolutely. I think. Also, and like I get on people my age all the time, the music's always really been youth led. Yeah. But we forget that at one point we were the youth. Yes. Right, right, right. So there was a lot of hype that we fed into yes. when we were younger. Yeah. Like the 90s was a great era. Don't get me wrong. Truly. But when you backtrack, there's a lot of bullshit that. For sure. Like I'm not going back to this, like For DOS sure. effects. Yo, that was my shit. <laughs> whatever, <laughs> sixth, seventh, eighth grade, whatever that was. Bum sticky, <laughs> yeah. but it was nursery rhyme shit. For real. But the fact that they were affiliated with EPMD, yeah, Hit Squad, and yeah. all that kind of stuff, it felt better. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it felt like it was coming from that same essence. The production was so you were like, yeah, this shit goes. Yeah. 
If I go back to it now, I'm like, yo, he's not rapping any yeah. better than the <laughs> shit you're clowning your nephew for listening to. Like, it's for the real. same. It's the same shit. Or I was like, it's just a different yeah. incarnation. And yeah, we exactly. fed it. We fed exactly. into different hype. Like, you know, there's people who fuck with this artist because so and so co-signed. I'm like, yo, to this day, I still think Group Home was whack. I was like. Granted, that first single came out when I was young and the video was all over BT mm-hmm. and it was on the box and Premiere produced the album and Premiere is co-signing them. And I'm like, yo, they got to be hard. Yeah. You know, and I look back and I'm like, what they was were. he talking about, bro? <laughs> like, take this out. <laughs> you know For what real. I mean? So and we had a lot of one hit wonders back then, too. Yeah. And I mean, it's all relative. Yeah. At the yeah. end of the day. And the thing is, the digital era has taken the blanket off yes for better or for worse yes like i remember the barriers to entry are completely obliterated yeah and like when b2k before they were b2k i remember fizz omari like they were taken out of school and they were trained they were doing showcases that only label people could go to until it was ready to package and present and now it's all there whether it's packaged or not. Bro, it's in your bathroom, yeah, you it's can, in your yeah. bedroom. Like you, you can just laptop, see it and it's like, I don't know, I was going through SoundCloud, I was going through YouTube and it's like, he could be something but this is yeah. all over the place. Yeah. And then for the artists who make it, like when you watch someone like Kendrick or Miguel get to these points, yeah, like we've been fortunate enough to see that progression. Yeah. So that story is dope but the guy who didn't make it, you're like, oh, that's the next, you know, whatever happened to so-and-so. For but sure. there was a lot of people that was of whatever happened to so-and-so Absolutely. that yeah, yeah. we praise because they came from an era. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Skilo was great. That was yeah. a great song. But at one point, he was working at FedEx on Wilshire. <laughs> right. For real. Like, if you want to know what happened to him. Right, yeah. But we were so entrenched and he gave us that song and then it was like... Well, I mean, he was rapping at a different time, so it's yeah. fine that he was a one-hit wonder. Like, no, it's not. No. That album was whack. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? For real. Like, call a spade a spade. So it's just a different time, and, like, everyone, I think also because of digital and everything so fast and everything so sensationalized, everyone feels that if I yell it loud enough, yeah, they'll hear me. it's truth. Yeah. You know, like, yo, that fucking shit is whack. Fuck yeah. mumble rap. And I'm yeah. like... It's not really that much mumbling if you listen to yeah. it. It may not be because it's not the traditional sound. Or like yeah. there was a lot of stuff that everything had a sound well, there's that there's way. There's a lot of dope rap in that. In that, yeah. film. there's a lot of shitty. Rap. I mean, it's again, it's all relative. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? And it's an evolution mm-hmm. of music. And I, I truly feel like that's what I love about you know delving into the depths of your sterny, uh, your sterny, your journey, <laughs> your sterny, your sterny. sterny. Shout out to your sterny. <laughs> but no your journey is that it's been a constant evolution Mm -hmm. and like the grit that it's taken to get there and the moments that you've had to really like buckle up and and live off a dollar menu for extended periods of time while being an icon within the culture of our youth you know what i'm saying and also just being somebody that moves and shakes everywhere and going from having your own platform and it being seen as something so dope and then reaching a point where you have to pivot, but you're pivoting, like you pivoted forward every step mm-hmm. of the way. It may have taken a little bit longer, and you may have like, you may have rode it through a little longer because like 
you're able to have that grit. You're also <laughs> able to be able to live beneath your means to make it extend right. longer. And are now at a point where it's like, th th this is the beauty of like even just being in this moment because, you know, Kashmir, Complex, Easy Street, all of these things have built your repertoire and like you have everything locked at this point. So it's like the evolution and, and the incarnation that, that continues to move forward. Like you're one of those cats that's not one dimensional, right? right? Now it's beginning to be at the point where it's like, you know, the world is at your disposal, whether it's at the current company you're at, another company, or even like embarking on a new road. I feel like your journey has allowed you to truly like build a foundation that's far more expansive and vast than many can have because it's so multidisciplinary and it's so <laughs> multicultural in terms of its of its reach and its grasp and it's it's a beautiful thing to be able to see that because like you don't find people that have that ability to to, to withstand and also continue to grow right. like you do. Yeah, I've, it's been crazy. Was that like I think part of it is because. I took an interest in like what the internet was doing yeah. and then kept kind of getting pulled back yeah. into what the internet was doing. Yeah. So I've kind of grown up off and on of it. Yeah. Where a lot of people are either off yeah. or, or, or they're on. on. Yeah. yeah. Like I have a lot of people in my age group where they're like, I don't understand how you can go do this or like, how come you got invited here? Or how come that got sent to you? Or how come people can do because they don't know necessarily how the internet works yeah and then you have people who are on it and they're like i guess so yeah. yeah or they don't actually know what i do absolutely you know what i mean it's like he works for complex and there's a lot of people who think if you work for complex all you do is like you post blog posts all day yeah. it's like right, right, right. yo there's actually multiple departments that yeah. do multiple things <laughs> yeah. for a larger picture absolutely. you know what i mean like i'm in design but i wasn't designing on the forefront of like when we had the magazine and some of the site stuff, like I'm doing client facing things like, you know, I'm doing the ads, I'm doing the branded content, I'm doing like these interactive editorials and yeah. things like that. And there's a whole other team that I don't have any FaceTime with that's actually, and on this page, we're going to do da 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 yeah. But what they do is just as important as what goes on over here. Absolutely. Because this is what's bringing the revenue in and this is what's doing that and this is what's facing for the audience yeah. and this is what's client facing but people won't they're like so what do you do over there so like do you guys just kind of shoot the shit you listen to some <laughs> mixtapes or like yo fam I'm a, or it's like I'll run as a, yo I know you don't have your site anymore but I want to send you the shit right it's going to be hot it's going to be fire you can get it posted and I'm like bro I don't write articles like I can't <laughs> yeah. even like I'm not even I'm not even all of them are in New York. I'm yeah. Here in Los Angeles. I mean, I can send it to some people, but, you know, and even now, like, as stuff is moving, like, it's gotten to the point where I just have to tell people, like, yo, don't send none of your music to me. Yeah, you know? please. You know don't. what I mean? Like, I'll come listen to it, or, like, if you want some insight, like, we can talk, I can come by, or if there's some, you know, because... I had been doing that even like the blog spot was like, yo, I've been working on this thing. Like, what do you think? And I'm like, yo, these three songs need videos. Like if there's nothing else you're going to do, yeah, make videos for that. Yeah. One. You know what I mean? Like, yo, this, this could be cool on a t-shirt. I'm not going to do the t-shirts for yeah. you. I'm not going to find a director or you're going to have to pay me. 
Yeah. But at least just as your friend, let me tell you now, yeah. since you're asking me, this is that. Absolutely. So, but now it's like, yo, the blog game doesn't work the same. For sure. You know what I mean? Like, and that's a whole other issue, I guess, I'm starting to have with the internet. Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people are paying attention. Like, we're losing the internet. Yeah. As far as how we knew it. And everyone's so consumed in what happens on the internet. Yeah. They're not looking at the internet. Mm-hmm. Like, right now we're having, you know, there's a reason someone like Verizon Hearst is looking in the platform <coughs> like Complex. There's a reason why YouTube is taking up certain talent and signing them. Yeah. You know, and in 2008 to 2011, there was a lot of self-discovery. You know what I mean? Like you can just move around. But now we're at a point where the larger blogs are telling you what's cool and what's not. And that's becoming the new TV. Mm -hmm. And I was telling people, I was like, yo, if you notice all the old TV companies are buying all the internet yeah, shit yeah. and they started getting the money to do it because they started buying the telephone companies because the telephone companies were losing to the internet. <laughs> so what they start doing either buy or partner with the yeah, internet. Yeah. And now the internet is buying the voices on the internet because at the end of the day, I was telling people, I was like, they want to control the narrative. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing. Like the for biggest sure. thing anyone can do is <coughs> control, control the, the narrative. narrative for better yeah. or for worse. Right. You know what I mean? Like you guys have a platform where you control the narrative as far as allowing people to tell their story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in that standpoint, I get to control the narrative because I'm telling you my side. Like mm-hmm. no one's going to come in and tell you my journey. Yeah. Right? You know right. what I mean? Right. But that also helps control the narrative where, like you said, people can now identify with what goes on behind the scenes. Yes. How did you get here? You know, where when you're watching something from the control standpoint, they don't want you to know the stories. They no. want you to know the highlights. Yeah, exactly. You know, we're like, like you said, with Instagram, we see your best life yeah. all the time. on Instagram yeah. because personally, you can control the narrative. Absolutely. I'm not depressed. Yeah. I just bought a Fendi bag, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like look real. at me, yeah. you know, or y'all don't know I'm in the fitting room wearing this, but right. like, shit, you know, like you know we got I mean? this on. So, and that's kind of the, where every now and then I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna do it again. And then I'm like, do I want to? Yeah. Because what is doing it again? Yeah. Like the narratives are different and mm-hmm. how I want to portray or quote unquote control the narrative may not fit with what's going on. And not that I want to be with what's going on, but it's like, if this is going on and someone needs the opposite or they need to run away from that, what becomes that factual and without doing it in a way that like, it was like, yo, you should do a podcast. And I'm like, Everyone does a podcast and that's not a bad thing, but it's like, I also know a bunch of dope people who are doing podcasts like YouTube. (coughs) So the last thing I want to do is like, I'm going to do a podcast just like that. Like, no, like my friends do one. That's amazing. So if you're going to do a podcast, what's that look like? Yeah. What's your narrative? What's your why? Exactly. All of these things come into play. 
you know, it's so much of your journey is being a part of something bigger mm-hmm. that, that drives you. So much of your story was that, like when you look at the reasonings for what you did and yeah, at the end of the day, you're like, look, it wasn't that stop doing your blog because you had to get a job. There was a shift that was happening in the culture. Mm-hmm. There was a shift that was happening in the, in, in, in the industry and a shift that's happening online and the internet in the digital age. So like thinking about that and, and kind of going to like being a part of something bigger, like what do you see, where do you see that existing in kind of like in, in your journey and also for, for people listening to this that kind of have that, that, that mind of like things that you're going through currently. Right. They want to create content, they want to do something, but they know like there's this weird game of the internet that is so fast, so competitive so overwhelming mm. you know right. how do you how do you how can you create kind of that essence of, of deeper purpose i think it goes back to like <clears throat> as cliche as it sounds it's like you have to do it because you're passionate about it and you love it like for everything where it seems to be like a quick hustle it'll probably burn out just as quickly mm-hmm. because you're not looking at it long-term. You're hoping like, all right, I'm going to post a couple things. I'm going to get this one interview. I'm on. I'm set. And then when it doesn't happen, you're no longer interested because it was nothing that you really had a deep passion for in the first place. Mm. Like, we're into the journey of things. We're into the greater community. We're into the storytelling. So the stories are always going to be there. So, like, you can share, you know, it's the 59th story. For you guys and they're all different so it's a pleasure or a passion for you like all right let's set up the next one yeah. and so on and so forth yeah. like when i was doing the site like i started noticing there was a bunch of people like about a year two years after me that wanted to start doing like blogs because everyone thought it was easy yeah you know or people saw like all right two dope boys got ads even yeah. easy got ads so they get money but not understanding, like, yo, <laughs> the money two dope boys is getting ain't the money I'm getting. Yeah. And it's not necessarily going to be what you're getting. Yeah. And then there was an oversaturation. Yeah. And now you're seeing different things evolve for people. You know, like Carl Cherry was a writer yeah. at one point. And now he's the guy who's, you know, the playlists for these platforms, these streaming platforms mm-hmm. are like, like a new blog per se. Absolutely. And he's one of those key figures. So he had to evolve a different way. Yes. Right, right, right. Tunji was a rapper. Yeah. A rapper's rapper. A rapper's rapper for <laughs> and sure. And now 100%. he's A and R and he My you know rapper. <laughs> right. <laughs> like for real. Yeah. Like and I remember Tunji introduced me to Dahi. You know? <laughs> and I remember people like, yo, why aren't why aren't people fucking with Dahi like that? <laughs> like this kid is out of this world and now you look at his track record yeah right. you know and like now tunji is no longer rap like he had a he had a verse on warren brute but like tunji has removed himself yeah. almost from that and his evolution because he's still passionate about music and understanding it now you know he's able to find talent like bryson tiller yeah <laughs> Go link, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's over there because he has an ear. Yeah, for that kind. He of has stuff. one of the best ears yeah. in the game. So down. you know, and then you know, while he was over at Interscope, a lot of work with TDE and all that kind of stuff. And so it's like 
there's definitely an evolution of a lot of those same players that I saw. Yeah. You know, like I said, like Key, you know, she was managing Crip. Then she was here. She was working with 10 Deep. And then she was at Complex, like right before I got to Complex. And wow. now, you know, she's 21 Savages manager. And you see, like, the kind it's of a long plays, road. Yeah, that he's making. And a lot of people want to do things, like, as a quick hustle. Mm-hmm. And when you do it that way, it'll fizzle out yes. just as quick. That's the weirdest part because it like the internet and everything goes on, that's going on caters to that mentality. Yeah. It, make, like, it makes you think that it's all at warp speed. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's just like... And it, it's, so it's nice. weird because like I've even told people, I was like, you know, it's... With the internet, something can take off at any point and you have to be ready. But at the same time, it's still a long road. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like... K-Dot was rapping as K-Dot before there was Kendrick Lamar in 09. <laughs> and here we are in 2018 and you see where he's at. But before that, he was in the backpack ciphers. He was yeah. at the showcases. Yeah. And, you know, there are people who didn't know that, you know, or you see people like, you know, Sticks. You know, I've known Sticks has been at it for a minute. And now I feel like he's finally getting a platform and a recognition that he probably should have had long time ago for sure but sometimes those journeys are different you know we've seen like pack div was like strong out the gate and then you know they kind of started off doing different things light got into production got a placement on kendrick worked with anderson pack yeah and you know then i'm hearing pack div boys is back in the studio you know we thought you and i was forever that didn't happen <sighs> toronto a omari were solo now they've got a, a duo yeah so it's just interesting watching those things and it's always like an evolution no matter what absolutely you know, like for a platform like complex like i remember when they popped off and it was a magazine yeah yes. and now i'm there and we're getting into online tv programming yes you know what i mean so Facts. it's like i always said i wanted to work at a magazine technically i did that but now the magazine that i was working for is turning into evolving into more of like a Netflix yeah. or a Hulu. Yeah. So it's like, all right, I guess now I'm working in TV. Yeah. But, you know, so it's the evolution. You just kind of have to like stick to what it is that makes you happy. And it's difficult to gauge. Like I was talking with a friend the other day, like I feel like the last 10 years or so, 10, 12, I've been able to kind of pinpoint what's next. Yeah. And right now I have no idea. Mm. And that's like, is it's that a far- good thing or a bad thing? Both. Like, it's good from a standpoint of, I think we're entering that portion where anything could happen again. Yeah. Where, like, how the blogs took off where everyone was kind of like, okay, hey, let's do this. And then you were able to move freely. But at the same time, it's different to me because as much as I want to say we can move freely, the pieces that I'm seeing come together suggest everything that's not a free reign. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, everything is someone's trying to control something yeah and then like the whole net neutrality thing like i was like yo like when you're looking at it these are bigger players trying to control for sure the info because the internet blew up to a point where no one knew how to control it yeah and there was a point where we could run wild on the internet and we were free yeah and you know a lot of a lot of people were able to evolve myself included because there was this period where you could experiment and just kind of see, you know, like there's a point where a rapper could just throw a song out on the internet. We'll see. 
And now, like, when people come to me, like, yo, we want to, I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> First thing you want to do is finish this project. Yeah. Or at least be 80% done. <coughs> figure out what videos you're going to do and really have a plan. Yeah. Or you start finding out, you know, some of y'all going to hate me, but there's a lot of people who are signed and they're moving as they're independent and that this whole thing has been mapped out yeah. <laughs> for years, Far like a two, three year plan, oh, yeah. sure. but it's being presented. And now you, that's where you get all these other kids where they're like, so all I got to do is just make a couple songs, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, for real, it's, no, it's not it. <laughs> but you know, it, it's a matter of that emotional tug and that clickbait yeah. for the reader where it's like, yo, this guy's been selling out tours for two years straight with no, no backing. Yeah. <laughs> like, you okay. didn't film that two, $10 million video <laughs> off of show money, bro. <laughs> you, you didn't do it. Like, there's no way. But for real. I commend you for thinking, though, or yeah, right. allowing people to think that that's how it's happening. So with that, that's where, like, the Internet's in a weird place for me. And I think part of that is, I don't know, I've been thinking about more stuff that's, like, tangible. Mm. You know, and I think... Like I come from an artistic background where I can appreciate the tangible. So I, I appreciate a magazine yeah. as much as I appreciate going on your website. Absolutely. So like I have no problem going to a bookstore and going to the magazine section being like, oh, Hi Snob got a new one. And just taking the time to look at what that is. So like as much as I can stream whatever I want on Apple Music, I don't mind going to Best Buy and be like, I'm about to go buy Kendrick's album. Yeah. I'm about to go buy Miguel's album. Yeah. I want to see the artwork on yes. the inside. I want to read the credits and know that I can like take this, put it on the shelf, yeah. so on and so forth. So like I've been toying with the idea of putting out a physical Easy Street magazine. I don't know what the content will be. Mm. <laughs> I have ideas of who, <laughs> but it's like, all right, because technically this year will be the 10 year mark. Mm -hmm. So it's like, even though there hasn't been a consistency for the last yeah. three, four years, like I told people, I told someone that day, I was like, I never technically stopped blogging Yeah, in a sense, like social media before social media became the buzzword was called microblogging. Yeah. It's an so extension. It's like, yeah. Like my Instagram and Twitter hasn't deferred from anything I was doing on the dot com Absolutely. at any point. Because the dot com was always a representation of my interests. Yeah. So it's like, all right, I didn't post Bad Luck's new song, but I retweeted the link and I showed you that picture <laughs> of me at the studio and said, go support so and so. For sure. I still went to that restaurant that just opened up and you got a picture of this food and you were like, damn, where do I, I was like, and that's what the platform was in the first place. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's like, I never got it's just away evolved. from it. Yeah, it's a different way of doing it yeah and you know if i'm getting the same reaction then i don't feel like i necessarily have to run back and be like i need a dot com Factual. that goes there because there's a lot of platforms whose social media is doing better than their dot com absolutely they won't tell you that yeah but it's it's going that way so it's like i never stopped per se and i think that's the evolution of it it's like all right the voice is the same it's just a matter of all right, how do you want to pivot it again? Or yeah. what is it that becomes the next step? Yeah. And the other reason I say tangible, because like when my grandmother died, like that was like, she lived to be 103. Wow. And 
the thing I regret the most is not picking her brain enough because she lived through so much, so much shit that people act like so long ago. Yeah. Like she was there for civil rights. Mm. She was there when that was, you know, abolished. She was there when Obama was president. <sighs> like she was there, like she created a club for women because black women weren't allowed to be certain places. So mm. she made a social club for like educated black women wow. to have a place to socialize wow. and talk. So it's like, and she was a teacher and like her students, kids would meet her and then be tied to her. So it's like, she had a whole other set of grandkids that weren't actually family. Wow. And when I look at like being able to meet people and like, be tangible with them and like have some sort of impression or like looking at the network of people. And I'm like, no, nah, like I really fuck with that person, yeah. you know, or they fuck with you or vice versa. Or even if I don't see you every day, like it's love when we do, or like someone checks in, Yeah, it's never like you missed a beat Yeah, or it's like, you know, people look like, like, yo, I think my girlfriend was asking me the other day. She was like, you follow a lot of people on the, <laughs> and I was like, the crazy part is out of that thousand, I think I know over 700 of those people, yeah. you know, like there's definitely like different brands I follow and stuff, but I was like, a lot of those people are people I've actually met along. Like, even if I don't talk to them every day, like I know them or we know each other. Yeah. So it's kind of crazy from that standpoint, mm -hmm. and, you know, and a lot of them have been supportive in different ways where it's like, Oh, I remember you posted shit on MySpace and you had the site. Cool. And then you're doing this. Oh, cool. So like knowing that there's that, and just seeing what she did, it's like, what's the move that leaves the legacy? Mm. Like, what is it that, it, yeah. like, it's like, what is, what is it? Like the site was dope. And from a standpoint of like, when you're saying financially, monetarily, like the site was successful. It might not have been my idea of a financial success. It's nothing that I turned into like, I have an empire now and like I live in Bel Air and I don't have to do shit for the rest of my life. But it stood for something and allowed, you know, these different steps. Yeah. Like, 100%. Like the shit I was doing with promoting kind of laid the foundation to have the network to freelance for us. Because yeah. a lot of those freelance contacts came from people I met when I was doing the club promotion. And then from there, those turned into some of the music contacts and stuff when I built the site. Then the site turned into something where I had the experience to walk into a cashmere or a complex and like, all right, yeah, I know about that. Yeah. You know, or like I can be the designer that comes into a marketing meeting and actually can give you a marketing idea too. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. well, nah. Or I can like look at the marketing and be like, nah, you can't have so-and-so as part of the campaign. For Nike, he just did a whole thing with Adidas. Yeah. How'd you know that? Well, I know the guy. Yeah, <laughs> or you know what I mean? Right, right, or it's absolutely. like, or you're just in touch with us. Like, yo, I've been following this campaign yeah. the whole time. And that's, we can't do that. Yeah. Like, oh. oh. Or, you know, you, I'm looking at the timing of stuff. Like, you know, I remember ComplexCon coming around. And I was like, yo, I really think we should, like, approach Big Sean. <laughs> And everyone's like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And I'm like, Cause I'm looking at it from a standpoint like, yo, you know, at the top of the year, he's a global ambassador for Puma. But it's like, most designers 
but you're not in touch with the culture. Like, you don't know, you don't care. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, you're not even thinking about that. Like, yo, what do you want me to put on the poster, bro? Yeah. Like, I'm sitting here, like, <laughs> and I think that's also the evolution is like the visual, like, upbringing I've had and the posts I have on stuff. Like, how do you communicate those stories mm. visually? And I think, like, that's kind of like the puzzle for me right now. Love. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, that's the beauty of it all because you're so comfortable within this world of constant evolution. You know what I mean? And it's only, at the end of the day, it's shown. It's only a matter of time. You know what I mean? And time is your best friend. You feel or me? your worst enemy. Or your worst enemy, right? But for you, like seeing this path <clears throat> and knowing you know, all of these things that have attributed to your growth, not only as a creator, but as a person and as a human being and also as a conduit to the culture. I can't expect anything less than, than greatness from you. You know what I mean? And I know that that's something that you can't expect anything less from yourself. Right. But the beauty of your path, as, as we've been able to see, is, is that all of these things have come into play. When the time was right. Right. You know what I mean? 100%. And that's a gorgeous part of your journey. Yeah, man. Yeah. Appreciative right. of it. Yeah. But it's like, it's one of those things like doing something like this was good. Yeah. Because you don't reflect on it enough. You don't. Or when you, you really do, don't. you just kind of like, yeah, that was cool. But yeah. when you're sharing it, yeah. it's a different like, damn. Yeah, that's, I did that. that's right. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> you get those opportunities so, to to go through your and, your own story. Yeah, and that that's the thing too. Like when I was working with Cashmere, I was and now that I'm at Complex, like some of the things I try to do is like, and that's the thing about the blog too. Like I told you, I was like, I can't just bring the blog back and be any blog. I was like, because yeah. a lot of the homies that were like the foundation of that are in different parts of their career so i can't come back with a blog spot on yeah. some rinky dinky shit yeah. and be like kendra can we get this interview off? <laughs> yeah. and it's like no. yo fam hold on I let just, me set up the gopro yo, real yeah quick. like yo fam i just did coachella i did a world tour <laughs> yeah. and now i'm about to open the grammys and you want me to sit in the backyard and do what <laughs> right. For real. you know so and also that thing like you get people who are like yo you you think you can like just hit up miguel and i'm like yo at the end of the day he has a brand and a business he has to run for himself. Yeah. And because my friends, colleagues, peers, acquaintances have hit certain strides, I'm not going to cheapen their value yeah. because we're friends. Like, yeah. I'm not about to hit, yo, fam, look, they ain't really got enough money, but, you know, they was wondering if you might just, like, pop in and take a picture with their little not gonna do it yeah. plus that doesn't even move the needle in this age of like, yeah. right of, uh, like even like like even that approach right, <laughs> right. doesn't even fucking move the needle no. because like it's there and gone and people's attention is onto something totally and there's yeah. no yep. depth to it that's what that goes back to your point of like building something like you can't just supercharge you can't just like get that quick fix because right. it's there and gone just as fast so even at that, like for that yeah. point, you know. No. So it's just, it's crazy, but like one of the things I've always tried to do is like, even if I can't blog and support you every day, it's yeah. like, all right, well, they're working on a thing. It's going to pay money. How can I put money in those same people's Absolutely. pockets? You Absolutely. know what I mean? Right. Or 
And like that's what I told someone I was like, it's more of a behind the scenes yeah. move where it's like if someone comes up and they're like, Yo, we need an artist of like this many followers and da 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 and I'm like So how about Exhibit yeah. A? Yeah. You know, we're like, what about this manager yeah. or this producer? Yeah. Because I feel like at the very least is to keep them, you know, and then it's a certain merit. For you sure. know what I mean? Like I can't go to a meeting with a brand or a meeting at work or wherever else and just throw out the homie's name yeah. because they want a rapper. It has, it has to, to make sense. Some, yeah, and I'm like, yeah. yo, well actually I know this cat, he signed to this label, mm -hmm. he's got this following, mm -hmm. like I know he's rolling out something in the next mm -hmm. two months, this might make sense. Yeah. And then if it works out, it's like, boom, all right, cool, <coughs> let's go. And, you know, like with, with the BT cipher, like I consulted on that and I was like, yo, I know Kaz was working on some stuff. Yeah. And it was He's like, a monster, yeah. bro. And I'm like, yo. I fucking love his music. Yeah. Beast. And I'm like, yo, he's young. He's from the city. I know you're looking for some West Coast talent, someone young, someone that hasn't been on here before. I was like, he's affiliated with Dreamville. Like, he signed with them. So if you need some kind of like. Yeah. And then they could look at it like, okay, this, <laughs> this, <makes laughs> this checks sense. off. Yes. Rather than me coming in like, y'all met this kid the yeah, other day. The he be rapping. Dude, no, it's. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so. And I think that's been the part of getting people to understand that as you evolve, because yeah. people are so used to how it used to work. Yeah. Right? Like, or everyone's holding on to like, remember like five years ago when we did like, yeah, yeah. Well, five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a different universe. Yeah. yeah. So like, that's not even earth. It's, it's just so, like, <laughs> right. Like, we're, we're in a different planet right yeah. now. For real. We're like, operating completely. from Mars, bro. And you're yeah. still. Yeah. Are you talking about AIM? You wanted to aim me the contract, <laughs> but it, like what we said, uh, you know, on the break is like, you know, I was telling Anoush, it's so cool to to hear your story yeah. like this and and really get that history kind of of LA through your lens because it's it, it brings together like the culture, the community, but also how this has changed so much mm. yeah. and what those things what they meant back then of how that, what they mean now yeah, and how that's even changed and kind of redefining that. And I think in anyone's journey is you have to learn to pivot. You have to learn to evolve mm -hmm. more than anything. Cause like shit is moving faster and yeah. faster. Yeah. And what you set out to be and whatever goals that you're, you're looking to achieve, whether it's, it's the, the professional you think you're going to be, you have to be prepared that that can look completely different yeah. once you get there. And appreciate yeah. that our paths, our pasts really influence our present. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like in the current moment when, you know, we're looking at it, it may be really arduous or it may be really hard or we may never see a light at the end of any tunnel. Right. But everything that we go through is literally building us based on experience and how we deal with them to handle things in the future that we yeah. may never expect in those dark moments, right? Mm -hmm. But those moments really allow us to, you know, be prepared when it presents itself. Um, and I think your story really shows that in, in the most beautifully poetic way. Yeah, and, you know, I really want to thank you for coming on this podcast. It's been fucking incredible. Uh, thank you for having you me. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? It was great to tell this story. Yeah. Like, I feel like I've, I've told people parts of the story. Yeah. But never, like, a full, 
Like this is how that all played yeah. out. <laughs> and and like for real and like I don't know like a lot of these different pockets. You know what I'm saying? And that's the beauty of it all. It's like, you know, we, we, we look at each other as friends and we look at our friends and there's so <laughs> many instances where there's so much that we don't know. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? Which is a beautiful part of the story, but to be able to get that, I feel like it really allows one, you know, and I feel like Joe and I are very fortunate to be able to go through the depths of these stories with with people and really get there. Um, and and build a foundation to give them to yeah. the culture and the youth. Um, where can cats find you on the interwebs? Um, I pretty much live between Twitter and Instagram. Okay. Um, Twitter is easy E A Z E E, and then Instagram is easy though E A Z E E T H O. Yeah, yeah, because some couch furniture outlet (laughs) (laughs) had easy and i don't understand because it has nothing to do with and and i haven't gone back to see if it's available i feel that but it's easy though no yeah you know because if you've ever heard me talk type or anything there's usually a though at the end of something so Mm. my brother thank you so much this is so thank y'all so special thank y'all love thank you man and we out y'all